0: We're all in here. Uh, we're going to go live pretty soon, and honestly, it's just going to be a open-ended but structured conversation. On, I mean, you guys have seen some of the topics that we emailed you in the questions that we're going to cover. And so from here, it's it's trying to one give as much value that people can take, give you guys an opportunity to talk about the things you want to promote, and funneling that into like well, what 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 are new trainers in the industry going to do about this because essentially that's that's what Orphic does with, it's what we all interface with is these new trainers coming in, becoming coaches so you know putting that into the conversation naturally but you know we've said a 10 a.m to 11 a.m thing but honestly if you guys have more time then you know And you want to stick around? Then I'm definitely open to that. But if you got to go, you got to go. Otherwise, uh, we might go a little bit over and and take some questions from people. Other than that, do you guys got any things, questions, concerns, things you want to cover?
1: So the general premise is just around new graduates coming into the industry and what our thoughts, collectively thoughts, are on that.
0: Or that's... I'll I'll, de- I'll I'll. tell you guys the questions. i got a handful of questions I, I want to ask you guys, and I'll ask you in order of who I see on the screen. Yes. Um, but that's one of the topics. That's okay. one of the topics.
2: Okay. okay. I'm just trying to get a <laughs> <this> general <laughs> gist of
0: how we're going to go because... Okay.
3: Chris, have you diversified, mate? Are you eye, an eye laser specialist
1: now? <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking the
4: same thing. What is going on? <laughs> well, here is um, uh, my friend Kieran over here.
1: Oh I'm a laser eye specialist, guys. Hi, I Kieran. I have diversified.
5: Yeah. Just so I'm I'm waiting for you to
3: go
0: on a rant and go, well, fuck the industry. I've moved on.
1: Fuck <laughs> <laughs> laser eye. <laughs> oh, I'm going to
0: take over the laser eye industry.
1: I was waiting for someone to say something. I just saw that laser eye specialist. Ta-
3: taking the whole, take the whole 2020 vision to the next level. The 2020 20. <laughs> vision that
1: laser eye specialist. I wonder why it's done that. I don't know. That's great. And then your
2: Zoom account-
1: is it my Zoom again? It? Yeah, it's weird. Oh, is it? Oh, okay, fair enough. Shit. Yeah, I've diversified and I'm a laser eye specialist. So that's what I'm doing here. Laser eye special. Yeah. In Armadale. Oh, Armadale. Armadale. <laughs> in Armadale, sitting in this rich building, so it's going well. How Why you are
6: you know? in Armadale? Armadale? going well. So I
1: missed that. Everyone was talking. Everyone, everyone going well. Everyone going well. Like, how's all the business going? Good.
3: We'll yeah, for that. us, we're going pretty well. We're going, yeah. well. We're going well. How's everyone else?
2: Yeah, Holding in, Hold it in tight. Like uh, yeah. like you guys were saying before, um, uh, I think we're we're also at a probably a net positive across the board um, for various reasons, and uh, it's given us time, well, at least given me time, to work on some stuff that I. Had been wanting to work on for a while but haven't had a chance to. Uh, but now there's extra time, mm. and uh, some of those projects have, have been able to be launched and uh, well into effect now. And I think that's what a lot of people, probably all of us here, are doing anyway, uh, being the top people that we are. Uh, so that's what everybody should be doing. Uh, but most people are probably just panicking and, and just surviving. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. Whereas other people are. Yep. The few are thriving and yes. moving forward. And I think that's important to get out there and get across to, to other owners, other business owners and, and coaches and PTs and stuff like that. Yeah. And
6: me, something that I've noticed is that, especially a, a, across a crew like this, is how much fucking time wasting do we do mm.
2: on a day-to-day <laughs>
6: basis running <laughs> a fucking operation?
2: 100% <laughs> no, mate. 100%. It
6: is fucking incredible how yeah. much we fill our days with mindless yeah. crap.
2: Oh man! It's just we, blown think, my we, mind. Think we are we are um, productive. We think like we yeah. we entrepreneurs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're working hard. And, and as, as smart as we are, we are we do we we spend a lot of time doing stuff that could be palmed off and should be pumped off, and um, and it's starting to make make us realize that, you know? So, yeah,
0: you're right. You're right. All right, boys. We, we're we all good to go now. We got everybody in. We're live now. And I'm going to go, I'm going to direct each question to each of you because um, there's a lot of us in here. I want to, spe- you know, take as long as you need on the question, but tr- try and be, you know, cognizant of, of the time, you know, because there's a lot of us in here. Um, we've got a handful of questions. We'll have questions from other people. Try and keep it to a couple of minutes per question, if you can. But at the same time, I want to I allow you guys to speak as much as you need to. So the first one off the bat, I'm going to go Woody, Carl, Ryan, Lockie, Sean, Amir, um, in that order. Uh, to start off, And you guys can think about this as we go. How do you think this situation with the pandemic, COVID, is changing and will change the state of the industry and the direction it will be heading that people should prepare for. May 1st? Yes, sir.
2: Hmm.
1: Well, you've got to evolve, really. I mean, I think Carl um, was talking, saying before that you have to be able to evolve with the times and I think that we were going heavily towards online. If you look at um, what we're doing in terms of educational resources, our e our PDFs, our online video series, um, we're heavily moving towards online. Now, that's not to say that our whole business is going to be online because it's not, but I think that this is going to change where coaches, where businesses are going to have to be a lot more smarter with how they market towards certain demographics. And I think one of the areas that... We haven't been the best on which we are improving. We're getting a new website. I don't know about the other, I've seen um, um, Lockie's and Carl's website, which is real nice. You have to have a decent website. I think that's something that I've talked to you about, Alex. I mean, you did my first one. Well, first one, really proper one. Yep. Um, we're gonna have a good website. We we're we're get a fair bit of traffic through there. So you have gotta start looking at online. You have gotta be a lot smarter with how you're gonna market it. Um, so I think that's where it's gotta go because if you do not do that right now, you're going to be lost. Um, and because it's such a flooded industry, you have to not saying that you, you kind of have to specialize straight away, but you've got to be working towards what is your niche in the market. Okay. You can't just come out of a degree in exercise science and say, I want to, I'm a physical prep coach. I'm a high performance coach. It doesn't work that way. I think everyone in here can attest to that. It takes years to accumulate the knowledge and the, um, uh, the training experience to understand how to train athletes it's okay to start to say you're a generalist and then work from there. Because I think a lot of kids these days, they're coming out like an exercise science course or a master's course and straight away, they call themselves a high performance coach. I think you've got to, you've got to earn your stripes for that. You've got to develop and um, you've got to kind of work towards the niche that you want. So I think it, it will change. You've got to change with the time. So. All
0: right. And boys, also, if you guys want to chime in and like have a, you know, chime in and watch each other saying, please feel free to, don't feel like this is a... Uh, you know, stock standard. One person goes at a time. We we can keep it fluid like that.
5: That was uh, that was very concise. What do you got out, mate? I, yes, uh, that's I incredible. You to blow out, to be with you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank
1: you. <laughs> There's so many of us. I'm not going to carry on for too long. <laughs> oh.
2: Woody's like, and I'm
1: done. I'll catch you boys later. See you okay, guys. See ya. I'm off. See ya.
3: Who's next? You want right, to so I
6: who's next? Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I think I'm next. Um, yeah, go ahead. So go ahead. I think I think two things are going to emerge. Yeah. I think what we're going to find is our demographics will will polarize, will diverge in a sense. One group is going to find that they're a lot more autonomous and probably actually want to stay with more autonomous training systems, whether it's online, whether it's at home. I reckon what we're going to find is a whole new market probably want to stay at home, and and yeah. probably get a lot of enjoyment from that. Um, and I think I think a business model will probably have to try and capitalise on a new autonomous market, a market that wants uh, more um, more online based support, uh, more mentorship through their training process, rather than the face to face side. So I think that's going to be I think that's going to fast track um, this COVID thing has fast tracked online in that sense. Um, But then I'm going to hedge my bets and say I think it's going to also amplify the people who absolutely need accountability um, and need face-to-face connection, need a routine of going into a gym and getting coached and will be willing to pay for that. Um, I think those two things are going to become really, really apparent over the next, say, six or nine months when gyms can become operational again because what we're at least seeing across our population, some guys are loving Training online, yeah. a lot of more free time. Probably guys like us, like I think all of us, probably are in better shape now than we were three months ago because we've got more time at training again. We've found love for it, certainly, in my sense.
5: Um, Flexible. We'll... I've been doing it all week. And <laughs> hey, look at
6: that. And the guns back, boy. <laughs> But then but then there's going to be another group and there's going to be the, the, the athletes who maybe lack a little bit of confidence, lack a little bit of self-belief, needed us and maybe took us for granted. And they're, they're going to need us so much more because all of a sudden we get a lot of feedback from a lot of the athletes going, fuck, I just cannot get out of this cycle of just negative behaviors on negative behaviors on negative behaviors. I can't train. I can't even put my, my boots on without you guys. So I think we're going to need to capitalize that. And and to finish my point, when we come out of this, we better value ourselves fucking properly because we cannot be charging 50 bucks, 60 bucks, 70 bucks a week when we now show just how much value we bring to the table. We have gyms that have exorbitant overheads. And me, Lockie, and all of us, we know that. But we constantly uh, sabotage ourselves and not realize just how valuable we are. So I hope on the, on the back end of this, and to answer your point on that final part, how do the new PTs enter the industry and prepare to adapt, not just survive, but thrive. Yeah. There needs to be a reassessment of what we bring to the table because the problems we solve are massive and we haven't valued those properly. And I think COVID's really amplified the actual true problems we solve. We don't solve programming problems. We don't do it. That, that's what fucking online blogs and the $5 programs do. We act, what we actually do is create the systems and the accountability and the structure for athletes to actually achieve what they want. And we, we better pay attention to that because there's going to be a huge opportunity to capitalise that on the back end of this. Yeah, I'm going to jump straight in on that because I think I'm next anyway, but
4: you literally just stole my entire, what I was going to say there. So thanks really for that, mate. um but yeah the, the, the valuing on you know what we actually provide is essential going forwards i think like we are much more than guys that write programs and teach people how to do exercises like and again there are guys that can do that and there's also this big chunk of people that didn't realize how important the coaching aspect was versus just coming into a gym so i've been saying it a lot lately to a lot of our guys like you guys were never paying for a gym space. You guys were paying for the guys in the gym space to coach you through that and solve your problems. Mm. And I think that's something that's really been amplified during this time. Mm.
2: Agreed. Who's
3: next? Is it me? It's you, Lucky. All oh, right, Jumping in. I'm used to being last with the, with the W at the last time. Um, <clears throat> I probably won't continue down... Um, carl's path because i couldn't agree more and we've had this discussion before but i think that the the amplification is something that um that is a massive part for people that i think will might miss it because they i agree i think there's going to be a lot of online stuff i think that that avenue is going to be be big but I, by the same token i think it, it, the like, the amount of athletes that i talk to that just freaking can't get weight can't wait to get back to some routine to the gym to everyone around them and stuff like that it just shows how important we are and how important facilities are um and I reckon, as a coach, I, I, I freaking hate online stuff. Like I hate it. I, I hate not being able to be there with athletes. I hate not being able to change things with them when I see it. Pulpate things, feel things, show them things, adapt things. Like it's just not the same. And anyone that says it is has lost the plot. Um, so I think it's 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 something that we still need to capitalize on and and push forward. But I think probably coming more around that PT entering the industry and, and what um, Christian was saying as well, which is so important. I think, um, yeah, I've always said that I think a, a good strength edition coach is, is a generalist with an interest, um, not necessarily a specialist. And the, the old saying of especially someone that knows more and more about less and less until they know absolutely everything about nothing, I think is, is a little bit tongue in cheek, but it's a really good way to look at it that when people start to nut down, they, they do pigeonhole themselves so much that they can't adapt, they can't step laterally. Um, And I think in this day and age, especially what's happening, like speaking to all my mates that are, that are being stood down in pro sector or performance managers that are now getting, they're taking pay cuts. It's, they need to be generous. You know, you're going to have the likes of people like Darren Burgess, who's been to to every big club in the world, who's now going to be, you know, in the grind of it and not doing the the performance managerial stuff as much. He's going to be on the gym floor. He's going to be on the field running around with players. Not that he didn't do that stuff anyway, but you know, he's going to be in the trenches more more than he ever has been because he's going to lose two or three stuff. Um, and mm. that's across all of the boards. So, I think what we're going to see is. These these S&C coaches that are then going to be pushed out of professional sport and they're going to be looking for homes, they're going to be looking for jobs, they're going to start companies, they're going to start all sorts of things. So I think our market's about to get semi-flooded with brand new brands and um, whether that be commercial gyms or online content or all sorts of things because these coaches are going to need to find things to do and a lot of them didn't have a plan B and they're about to create a plan B over the next few months and we're going to see it all explode as soon as COVID finishes because you know, I reckon the next 18 months to two years, NRL, AFL, A League, they're all going to be running skeleton crews, and you're going to have all these generalists that are going to survive. Um, but to Woody's point, you, you you do need to find an interest. You need to set yourself apart um, and be known for something. But dear God, you better make sure you can do everything else as well. So um, I think yeah. if PTs entering the industry, uh, find an interest, do what you want to do, chase what you love. but just because you, you love sprinting, fuck, you better know how to write a conditioning program. Mm. You, know, you better know how to do yeah. this. Like you can have your your interests, but don't 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 confuse a specialty with the, the lack of knowledge across your, your foundational work.
1: You don't want to pigeonhole yourself. That's yeah. the main thing. You don't want to pigeonhole yourself. You know, you've got to be a generalist before a specialist. I think that makes a very valid point, especially I'm watching, make sure that you yeah, you can have an area of interest, but make sure you can do everything decently and then decide from there, then you can specialise.
2: Yeah.
4: I mean, at the end of the day, you never know who's going to
1: walk in your gym anyway.
4: So you could yeah. have, you could say that you're an AFL specialist, but you might have someone coming in who's from Swimming for example, who wants to get some some stuff and you've got to learn to adapt to that. Yeah.
3: So uh, Australia, Australia doesn't have a, a large enough population that you can, you can consolidate so heavily into one market.
1: Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, 100% true.
5: Uh, Is it me next, boys?
1: Yeah. Yes, you're great, man. You're next.
5: Um, Yeah, look, I think I'll just continue on in regards to um, sort of focusing on taking a step back as opposed to the consumer, but talking about more the the graduate that's coming through, whether that's through Orphic or uh, you might be doing your human move degree or whatever it might be. I know certainly, and probably at some stage, all of you guys as well, and obviously – Woody, you headed overseas and, and, and Lockie, you were obviously heavily involved in it. I know that uh, when I first came out of my degree, and I was, I was laser focused on, on pro sport, uh, as so many are. And I know it's a, uh, a big topic that, that Woody does cover a fair bit. I think in regards to talking about the, um, the question, how's it going to change the industry? I think maybe it might even legitimise us uh, a little bit more and um, I guess the the private sector might become a bit more of a priority for new graduates coming through as opposed to thinking, you know what, all I want to do is work at, I don't know, the uh, GWS or or whatever it might be. So uh, I think just to, I guess, strengthen Lockie's argument there, certainly there'll be a a big flood of people probably pushing out towards the, the private sector a little bit more and then maybe looking into pro sport as a secondary option and if that's something that eventuates then sort of following down that pathway. Um, I think sort of conversely, so obviously, uh, as you said, in the, in the, the next 18 months to, to three years, there's gonna be skeleton staff from a pro sport perspective. I think those guys who are willing to stick around, um, get their skin in the game, uh, whether, whether it is, and I know we're talking about obviously valuing yourselves, but probably for those youngsters who might be watching this, I know there'll be a lot of people tuning in to hear from, from some of the, the other gurus that are on the screen here at the moment. Um, if you're willing to do internships and that sort of stuff, I think probably in three years' time, once maybe like the AFL has recouped its losses, there's going to be a lot of opportunities because a lot of guys, a lot of s coaches are probably going to be broken by this situation and they go out and become fireys or they, uh, the amount of uh, interns or, or young s coaches, I know they're accountants now, uh, they just get tainted and broken by the industry. This is just going to probably emphasise that. And in two, three, four years' time maybe when everything's been recouped and they're reinvesting and realising that uh, that the physical performance is really important and that your bird of the world can't just keep juggling everything. They're going to burn themselves out. I think there could be some really great opportunities for some of those youngsters. So I think for anybody who is watching uh, this discussion, really uh, have a, a, I guess a think within your, yourself or maybe write it down, some pros and cons. What? Uh, where do you see yourself Or what is, what is your ultimate goal uh, What is going to pay the bills for you What's going to, uh, I guess, keep keep food on the table um, And are you willing to, to have some short-term pain For some some long-term gain Are you still living at home with mum and dad Maybe in that situation uh, There is an opportunity there To, to offer you services uh, with, with a pro sport team And eventually get that opportunity later on down the track But just understand that Probably if you are looking to um, really create a, a, a career that's going to pay some dividends at the moment. Probably the private sector is the way to go. So I think that's probably in the short term how uh, how this situation will change industry.
1: Well said. Clear and concise, Sean. Thanks,
5: mate. Appreciate
0: it. <laughs> Good for you, Sean, eh?
2: <laughs> Amir, what's your two cents? All right. Uh, so my second on this is... Um, exactly So, same way from what was just said the private sector is going to uh is going to prosper in that regards i'm optimistic about all of this um so as far as the fitness industry itself is concerned big gyms are going to um are going to probably suffer in some way and they're going to have to restructure and run leaner and uh, maybe even change their business model maybe entirely on some of them because uh, they have been the ones that have been the most rigid and haven't been able to adapt uh, quite like, for example, us. Uh, so, online resources will surge. There will be more of a need for that for sure. And uh, and many of us, pretty much all of us, have some kind of an online thing going. And I agree really lock with Lockheed in the sense that. Online training is just not the same as face-to-face because you can see things, you can see different angles, pick up on on things that you just would not see uh, on on the video. But maybe that's a good thing in in the sense that it now forces us to come up with new ways to do it, new technology to do it, um, new methodologies to make it better at least. Maybe still not the same as face-to-face, but better than what it is now. Uh, I, think, I think face-to-face will still be around. Not only do I think it will still be around, I think it will have a huge rebound when all this is over. Uh, I think that um, we will see massive uh, influx when all this is over and everything returns to normal, and um, both for a general sense and for a specialist sense people uh, who who were members of places, like the clubs, places, facilities that we run, that has a great culture, that has uh, great um, equipment, that has just a great feel and a vibe, they miss that. And I think we can all see that right now. And uh, going back to what Carl was saying, uh, we need to be charging what we are truly worth. Look at the mental health aspect of things right now. Forget about the training, there were, uh, they are now like a lot of these members are now unable to be around their mates their, their coaches the people that they spend so much of their time with uh, sometimes we see these members more than we see our families you know mm-hmm. and uh, just the, the I mean I do um, I don't know about you guys but uh, that's how much they mean to us and that's how much we mean to them and I think that's being magnified now more and more in a case like this where they're where a lot of them have the means to get equipment. It's not about about the money for them. They've got the space to put it in their house, but it's just not the same. Motivation is not there, and uh, they they really need that that coaching, preferably face-to-face coaching. It's human nature. You want to belong physically to a tribe, to a place, to, you want to be even led by somebody in a certain sense, right? So I think um, certain niches are going to emerge. So I think even certain new, totally new businesses, new, new um, just completely different offshoots, some things that didn't even exist before are going to come out of this. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see who's got the brains to, and the balls to, um, to go ahead with that and, and uh, roll the dice to see if it works. And I think that those who aren't really serious and were never really serious about running their own place, their own facility, are going to disappear. Yeah. And they're going to realize that uh, this is not a game for them. And they're going to want to um, get some sort of a, um, they're going to want to work for somebody, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. But not everybody needs to be uh, taking the risk to open their own facility. It's not for everybody. But for the people who do take the risk, they should be rewarded accordingly, and uh, and I think that's very important. People don't realize how much stress it is, how much risk it is, how much crap you got to deal with, uh, and uh, you know we keep quiet um, and just do the work in the background. People don't know, they don't see, and uh, and they take it for granted. So moving forward, for for all of us, I think it's going to be uh, all of our uh, all of our Facilities version 2.0, you know? And and even within ourselves. So, I'm optimistic. I think that a lot of good changes are going to come, and I'm
5: looking forward to it. Sorry, sorry to jump in, just on these... I on this, yeah. we all wanted Love to. It. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. I was just going to say, go, oh, no, Carl, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, uh, and this is just sort of like a, a little question for, I guess, everybody. Sorry, Alex, I don't, don't want to take over your role. Please, no, go. Um, I just wanted to, obviously, fantastic. Seems like there's a lot of optimism and, and things are going quite well for everybody, which, which seems fantastic. Uh, one of the things, I guess, that we've been thinking about preparing for, and I'm not sure if you guys have any strategies or what your thoughts are and whether this is actually something to be worried about. But, say, for example, we come back and obviously everybody's intentions at the moment are fantastic. We're getting lots of messages and guys, like, whether, whether it's people that are still continuing to train along with us in regards to programming or online or whatever it might be. When it comes to coming back into the facility and uh, uh, the economic uh, impact that, is, that the, the economy is seeing at the moment, uh, probably us as a non-essential service could be one of the first things to be cut and you all of a sudden have a, a big drop off in either athletes or, or members uh, who, or clients who can't afford anymore. Have you, have you boys sort of thought about that much at the moment or are you, are you stressed about that too much? Yeah. Do you have any, any, um, any processes in place? Yeah, I'll,
6: I'll take that question. Um, ultimately it's never going to be about about the money and I say this to obviously us but I also say this to everyone who's listening it's never going to be about the money because even in these times of crisis the people that that have a clear understanding of their value systems and for us you know with our athletes their sport is very high up in their value systems they will find a a way to make it work and we can't let our limiting beliefs around our financial position and even maybe our financial hardship when we have to start paying rent or any of those types of things start to sabotage our need to solve the meaningful problems that we can solve as, as Amir mentioned we solve incredible problems and and thankfully that has been amplified and highlighted now that everyone's alone and and left to their own devices and a, and a small portion are thriving and the majority are not mm-hmm. that's the problem that we solve so yeah. when things when things open up again, we need to make sure that we're communicating that we solve that problem specifically. That problem specifically. It's not about the program. It's it's not about the fucking performance testing. It's not about any of that. It's actually about this unique sense of of uh, belonging. Yeah, yeah. That is what it is. Culture. And it's it's what we have to communicate. So I think us as as gym owners, and and by the way, just on Amir's point before, look who is winning right now. It is the guys who took the risk, the entrepreneurs who are winning. We're all for, we're all adaptable enough to create solutions quickly and a problem solve quickly, and these big bloated fuck off corporations are going fuck. What do we do? Yes, what on. do we do? Yeah. So, you know, for this, P, for this PT who's going, what do I do? Should I go down the pro sport route and try and satisfy some bloated large corporation or, or take the risks myself and, and create something for myself? If there was, you ever needed evidence that risk-taking and skin in the game and entrepreneurship was your course of action for creating a lifelong career in this, well, you have it. COVID. When a black swan comes, entrepreneurs thrive and people who work for other people struggle. Yeah. People who lose their jobs are the people who work for other people who get to make the decision for them. We got to make our own decisions about how we tackle this. And, and that's critical to realise.
5: Oh, I love your energy, mate. I'm about to start doing push-ups, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Sorry, you make a fair point, Carl, because it's about the environment that we create. It's about the culture. It's about a sense of belonging. That's what we're yeah. all about. We're not a run of a mill. None of us are a run of a mill gym. We're about athlete-centered, results-driven. We're all passionate. We all want the best of the industry. We all want the best of the client, the athlete that comes in. For me, let's not have limited beliefs on us and say, and Sean, bringing back to your point, Mm. I was talking to Kieran about this literally just before and I said to her because she's got a background in business I said what do you think is going to happen she said well all these these big chain gyms like you know the Fitness First the Genesis all these are probably going to they're going to struggle because they've got really no sense of belonging you're kind of just a number there but let's yeah. say you go to Adonis you go to Formidable you go to um, Peak, <laughs> uh, Peak uh, you go to um, Athletes Authority you're belonging You've got a sense of belonging. You guys know their names. You know what their goals are. You know their mother's name, their girlfriend's name, their boy. You understand what I'm saying? It's a sense of belonging you've got to create. Don't have a living fucking belief and say we're not worth this because we fucking are. And Carl is fucking right. It's about time. And this, it's either survive or conquer right now. And the ones that are going to survive are going to still survive. The ones that are going to conquer are going to be fucking us. And anyone watching, you should want to conquer as well. You shouldn't just want to fucking survive in this industry, especially if you're passionate because 90% I'd say 95% don't give a fuck. They're in there for the wrong reasons. If you're watching this, you're in there for the right reasons. And, Carl, that was well said. It got me excited. I, guess, yeah. I, I agree, scared. man. I'd
3: actually, I'd actually <laughs> probably add to that a little bit yeah. as well, Woody, that I reckon me and Carl have had this discussion as well that um, I agree with you. You, you don't want to just fucking survive, but also sometimes you do just need to survive when you start. Like, yep. we are having yep. this discussion. Like, if you've just started a business and you're four years in, Fucking surviving's winning. That's great. Well done. Like don't yeah, yeah. get down on yourself if you're not conquering and you're three years in. Yeah. Like it takes a long time to build up. So I mean, me and Carl had a discussion before when, when lift performance went under. And yeah. we were like, at the end of the day, sometimes when you're running a small business and you're you're still three years old, four years old, surviving is conquering. That's winning. Like if you're still there, still producing, great. You yeah. know, bide your time. You know, you will conquer eventually, but don't feel like if you haven't conquered in two years. Yeah. Then fuck! It's a waste. Like just survive. You, you, yeah. You're ticking over. That's great. But in six years' time, you're going to conquer. Seven years' time, whatever it might be.
1: Just chip at yeah. it. No, no, I, no, yeah. no. I agree, one hundred percent,
4: one hundred percent. You got to keep. You got to keep building away in the background. But sometimes not making the million dollars or whatever like that isn't isn't a realistic goal in the first place. Like yeah, if you thought that, if you fought that
1: at the start, don't do it. Yeah, you got you got to be realistic with your goals. And I think what Lockie says, one hundred percent true. Yeah. If you've just started, don't expect to to be concrete, don't expect to be making heaps of money. It's okay, just surviving, 100%. Just yeah, chip, chip, chip away, and it might be after the seventh year, it might be after the eighth year, it might be after the ninth year, but make sure you keep chipping away at it, you know, and, and you will get there. But don't expect after the first, second year, you know, even surviving, what, like you said, 100%, surviving is, is good, very good. Yeah, and, I think and don't compromise
4: those values that you started out with. I think it's I something really important because a lot of people will get to year three and start going, why is this not taking off the way that I wanted it to? Yeah, yeah. And then they'll start looking for shortcuts and stuff yeah. like that. And that's when your name goes in the toilet and then you just spent three years doing absolutely nothing.
3: Yeah. I'm Also a little bit, you know, we talked about big businesses. We talk about us and we refer to ourselves as small businesses, but I like to think ourselves as just agile businesses. Um, When you look at something, for me, I feel really, really sorry for and bad for people like an Anytime Fitness owner because we take the piss out of Anytime Fitness because they're a big company, but really they're just a bunch of franchises. So an Anytime Fitness is owned by a simple person you know, that like us, they just wanted to try and be a bit entrepreneurial. They thought that's a good way to go. They had put their 110000 in to get this franchise, but they don't have the community like us, nor do they have the Virgin Active funding that'll get them through. So suddenly they're squashed in the middle where, fuck, I'm, I'm a franchisee of this big company, but I've built no community that we have because obviously people invest in us. Like How many athletes have we got that have said, no, I want to pay full price during this time period because I want to support you? How many yep. people of your local... Anytime Fitness membership is going to say, oh, I'll keep paying my membership because I want to support you. This doesn't happen. So yeah. Yeah. They're, they're the ones that are probably going to suffer the most. All these franchises are going to go under because they've got the worst of both worlds. So
6: yeah. And on that point, though, Lockie, this is all about orders of consequence. If, you're a, if you go and want to open an Anytime Fitness franchise, it's essentially a shortcut. You're like, fuck it. I'm just going to jump off and, and piggyback off this brand's reputation and use their systems and get a head start. Well, guess what? That doesn't always work out because, orders of consequence, now you've you got a leg up on the front end and your shit's hit the fan on the back end because you haven't developed all these systems and this expertise and that, that agileness that we've had to do when we open our fucking gins out of garages yeah, and couldn't fucking design a website to save our life.
3: Exactly what we talked about yesterday, Carlos. When you get a when you get a really nice Excel spreadsheet from someone else, and something <laughs> fucks up, and you don't know how the fuck they built it, so you can't fix it. When you build yeah, your yeah. own, and yeah. shit fucks up, you always know where to go and fix it. There's nothing worse mm. than someone else's shit that goes wrong because you've got no idea, and you feel like an absolute muppet.
4: <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Nah. Yeah. Well said, lads. This so is a moody uh, way to look at it, but anyway. Eh? That this is a, this is a great conversation, I, and I love the direction it's going. But I know you guys, all of you, have an adapted. Right, All of you have ad- adapted and are adapting in so many ways, which is what we all have to do and innovate and adapt and conquer in our own way. But a lot of, from an individual level, um, clients, athletes, just the average person is going through a lot of struggles. right? And a lot of weaknesses are being highlighted in our character, in our businesses, and as coaches. And I want to talk about and I want to highlight and humanize and give people an opportunity to learn from those weaknesses that have been highlighted during this period. So what weaknesses and flaws have been highlighted with all of you as individuals, as coaches, and as business operators that people can learn from? Would
1: say, say that again. Sorry, Alex. I just, yeah. Are you talking about insecurities?
0: It could be an insecurity, a weakness or a flaw that's been highlighted during this time in you, as a person, as a business operator, or as a coach.
1: Oh well, I think um, well, you know my you know you, you know my story in terms of being burnt by people. I think that that kind of came into play again. I thought, well, fuck, this is just another like issue that I've had with business, mate. You know, I've thought so many times, and like I'm sure most of these guys as as well as just giving up. Like it, it it's not what Amir said. It's hundred percent true, and um, what Carl was saying. It's 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 fucking hard. It's not easy don't think if you're watching this don't think you can just create a brand it's just going to happen because it's it's not easy um, and I've got you know like anyone you grow as you get older you get more experience in business I, you know I don't know about the rest of you guys but I had real no business experience no business experience creating a brand I just kind of went for it because my passion is coaching my passion's never really been business it is starting to develop as I get older like I'm enjoying it a little bit more but like you guys, you guys, I'm sure you want to coach more than you like the business side. I know, Carl, you're into more business side as well, I'm guessing, because you articulate Mm. more the higher level of the business side. Um, But I think for me, Alex, it was more, shit, this is another thing that we have to go through. But I guess as the time went on, I looked at the silver lining behind it and said, okay, well, instead of looking at this negatively, let's look at this positively. Let's start doing things we can control. I'm a guy who always says, Control what you can control. Release what you can't. I can't control this COVID nineteen when it's gonna when they're gonna allow us to open. Where you know how long it's gonna go for. But what I can control is my actions and, and what I can provide the services I can provide within reason to um, my platform that I have. And I think that's the ability to adapt. So I was a bit worried about that at the start. Like anything, businesses like this, everyone, it's not just up. It's not linear. It's just up and down like this every day. Um, and you've got to be able to adapt with it. So I think for my, for me, it was like, shit, like, this is going to happen again. It's the monetary thing. It's the financial stress that you go through, like I said. Um, obviously, I'm involved with my family with this, so with my old man, my mum, and Kieran in the background here, and my best mate, um, Brad. So it, it is a stressful time. But like anything, you've got a silver lining behind it. And um, I think we've worked through it. So... Um, yeah, that would probably be my thing, is just thinking about the negative, the negative side of the financial strain of it. Carl?
6: Okay.
0: Uh-huh.
6: Look, um, I probably can speak for all of us and say when this kind of first dropped, when he found out on that Saturday or Sunday that gyms would be closing on Monday at 12pm or, or whatever it was, I'm the first one to admit and that I had absolutely no fucking idea what we were doing. That week was fucking chaos. And I, uh, I know you guys have mentioned. Look, I, I do kind of attach more to the business side. Only probably because I've got Lockie. That's probably a gift that he's giving me. Is that I can do the business the gift, side.
1: Lockie, the gift, the gift that the, keeps on giving. The gift that keeps giving, mate. I'm, I'm not even
6: wearing. I've just got a jacket on. That's <laughs> <laughs> the gift. <laughs> Um, but honestly, um, even, even with what I would think is a, as a, a relatively matured business sense, I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. So I completely empathize um, Alex with, with those who also feel the same way. But I think there are two types of personalities that, that um, rise to the surface in, in times like this. And, and it's to appreciate the chaos and to take action anyway. Yeah. You have to take action before the outcomes can emerge. And you, you don't know what's going to fucking happen. And you don't have the time to, to sense what's going to happen. You just have to go. So on Monday, 12 p.m., we we essentially decided we'd, we'd close the gym. We'd already rolled out small group physiotherapy services from for Wednesday morning. We completely rearranged our website. We rearranged our timetable. We had physios working from 6 a.m. to 11 p.m. at night. And they were going to be on the floor to make sure that we can conduct small group physiotherapy sessions for our athletes. That didn't fucking work. At 6.26 a.m. that morning, our physio said, I don't feel good about this, man. I was like, fuck. Okay. So fucking that's thrown out the table. We get a truck at midday. We load our whole gym into a truck, still having no idea what we're fucking doing. We drive to a park and say guys who had booked in for the small group physiotherapy services in three hours time meet us at this fucking oval cause that's thrown out the window. We, we unload our whole gym into this car park. It then rains on us for four hours. We destroy our fucking gym equipment. Sorry, iron edge, but it was, we fucking smashed it. And so then we, we unload it after five hours in the rain, have to take it into our gym, turn the air cons on and dry this fucking equipment out. And it took us another two hours. And we still had no idea what we are doing. We then canned that idea and said, fuck, we're not doing this for six months, loading and unloading a truck. And so I think, I think the point I'm trying to make is even in times of chaos, complete uncertainty when you have no clarity whatsoever. And I empathize with that position because we're all in it. And those who are feeling um, helpless, I get it. But you're actually not helpless. Your action, what you choose to do, Will make the difference in these times. So you can lie in you can lie in bed and and get completely deflated and, and wonder why you can't get motivated to train or, or do whatever you need to do, or you can just start to take the action and then let your action, your constant action, start to shift your thoughts and your feelings over time. And so I think if if I were to share anything, I empathize with you guys um, and I'm not perfect either way, so far from fucking perfect but you've got to take these opportunities to take action in times of, of chaos and uncertainty. And when things are a bit more clear and when we get gyms back and up, up and running, we can be a bit more strategic and think a little bit more high level and not be uh, quite so reactive. But everyone who's saying, Oh, you can't be reactive during this time. That's all you can fucking be. All you can be is reactive. Cause you just have to respond what's in front of you and, and go. Um, so that would be my, my feedback on that question.
0: Okay. Okay, a lot to think about. Yeah. Uh is it Ryan? Ryan yeah,
4: go ahead. Yeah, so uh so what I'm gonna do, I'm just gonna tell you guys a little story. And the story begins with um kind of a bit about how FSC works or Formidable works and we've got like um like you guys are athletes before already, we've got myself who's more on the coaching side, and then we've got Simon who's you know, the guy who makes sure all my crazy ideas either work or he can tell me that I'm an idiot, okay? So as a coach, I always, I'm always looking forward and I'm always pre-planning stuff that might happen. and So I'm adaptable to the situations that might turn up. So two weeks beforehand when this COVID stuff, before the gyms got shut, two weeks beforehand, we were looking at it, going, okay, this could get bad. What we're hearing could get bad. Don't want to buy into the fear mongering, but let's make a plan anyway. So we already started implementing online stuff. And then we had some guys and a week went past and some guys wanted to start social distancing. So they started going, so we're like, okay, sweet. You're our trial run now. So you trial this out. Then before the gyms got closed, I was down South with my family. Cause I'm from Bunbury. I'm in Perth. It's about a two hour drive. You now can't get to Bunbury. So this was the last time I saw my family. So we were like hanging out down there. It was my mum's birthday or something like that, because just in case. And we turned the news on at like nine o'clock or whenever it was announced, eight o'clock. And it was like, gyms, might close, gyms will be closing tomorrow. And I was like, holy shit, we've got to. So I rang, rang Simon. I was like, have you seen this? He was like, now it's eight o'clock. I'm pretty much in bed by now because I'm getting up in the morning. I was like, look, I'm driving back to Perth now because so, I need to help people. I need to get there in the morning so I can help as many people as we possibly can. So me and my girlfriend jump in the car, we drive back, we get home. But what I'm trying to say is like, as coaches, one of the best skills you can have is being able to see or being able to adapt to situations that might occur and being able to kind of predict things that might happen. So for example, if you know that there's a block coming up that's gonna be huge, you adapt accordingly for that, stuff like that. So applying applying those skills into business is really important and having someone you can rely on to help you implement those ideas or bounce ideas off. I think is also very important. I don't know if I'm answering the question here, but that's kind of where I'm going at.
0: <laughs> I think that to highlight the point, you 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 clear. It was clear what your priority was. It was clear that your priority was your gym, and you had to quickly change all your plans on that day and head back home. But
4: yeah, we just. I- we work on a, on a fear of helping people as much as we can, no matter what the situation is. So we we were like, okay, what is the, what could, ha- we had a meeting and we we're like, look, Simon Simon's like looking at me like, God, here we go again. I was like, look, we need to have a plan just in case. Yeah. So we already started building out the online stuff and how we do group calls. And we started trying it out with our staff members and stuff like that. So we were trying to get some practice and get ahead of it just in case. So when it did happen, we were kind of already in front of the game a little bit so we could adapt Obviously, like what, what you guys were saying, we were, like that week was a mess all over the place. We didn't know what the hell was going on. Didn't know about leases. We were looking at every bit of information we possibly could and freaking out for a long time there. Well, it wasn't good, you know, it wasn't good as far as helping people, but, you know, you've got to also step back and realize you are business owners. You've got a lot on the line at this point. So... It's a very hard situation, but being able to just take a minute to breathe and get yourself back on track and realise what is my job here and what have I got to do is something that I find very important.
0: Very good. That's really important, taking that step back to breathe and reassess and evaluate, then then move and be assertive. Uh, I think it's Locke. Yeah,
3: to be honest, I think obviously... Um, the the rest of the guys have, have commented fairly strongly on on things that are fairly common amongst most. But if I was um, to, to focus on the, the question specifically, I think um, it's and this isn't just a, a COVID thing. It's probably more of a, a longer term thing with myself and Carl. Like. Um, If you know myself and Carl, we are completely opposite people. Um, We have the same vision. We have very similar um, philosophies, which works well. But when it comes to um, actions and humans, we're we're quite different, which is exactly why I think we work so well together, because um, 99% of people that start gyms um, are on the gym floor with a mate. You both have everything in common. How good are you? Let's open a gym together. Um, You're you're best mates and you have the same, same philosophies and you've got the same skill sets. And then you realize you also have the same weaknesses when you start business. Um, and so I think that the combination of us works quite well in the fact that I am uh, someone that that likes to uh, review, review, perfect, 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 make sure everything's 100%, then release something. Um, if it wasn't for Carl, over the past three to four years, I would be nowhere near where I am at the stage of anything being released publicly because I would have always had a fucking excuse why this isn't good enough. This isn't yeah. clean enough, blah, blah, blah. And you know, Carl's of the opinion, fuck it, let's just get it done and get things out. Let's get this done. Let's keep moving forward. Um, and I think the reason I'd say that is because it's the, the old adage of perfection is the barrier to progress. And I think when, when things like this happen, whether it's COVID, it doesn't fucking matter. It could be anything at all. Um, that, I am certainly the type of person that, that pauses to try and make sure things are are just, everything's accounted for. Um, and I reckon that hesitation can get you stuck in these things. Um, so I think we've, with having Carl there going, fuck, you just need to do this, this, whether it's perfect or not, the, the action is what counts, um, not the not the perfection of it. Um, and to be honest, it's funny that I think the UK government came out and said exactly the same thing that, um, you know any action's better than no action. Um, it's yeah. sitting around waiting for the perfect plan. We just got to start acting. And, um, I, I've, I've been learning that more and more over the past few years, working, um, with Carl and in athletes authority and stuff like that. And, and, and COVID is that perfect example. Um, we, we just actioned, actioned, action, nothing was perfect. Absolutely. Nothing was perfect, but we kept ironing out, ironing out and, and finally settled into a bit of a routine. I think that applies whether you got COVID, whether you just got a normal business, but, um, I think from a personal standpoint as well, it's um, for me trying to learn. Like I've, I've gone from one extreme to the other, to be honest. Like I really see most of my career has been in pro sport where I see my athletes every single hour of every single day. I, you know, I, got, I can change what they eat for breakfast. I can do whatever I need to do to make things happen. I then phase into the private sector where I see them for coaching, but their external stuff is far less controlled. They're working other jobs. They're doing all sorts of things. And then the next extreme is now, well, I don't even get to fucking see them now. It's all online or Zoom or phone calls and stuff like that. So I've gone from one extreme of the pendulum all the way to the other. And like I said before, um, around online training, that's for me, That's a, it's an area of mine that I need to, to keep growing because my strength as a coach was... Talking, understanding, changing on the gym floor, adjusting, updating, seeing, all that type of stuff. Yeah, you know, you'd be running around and after you know four or five hours on the gym floor, you've just you've created such a, a a change in program or a change in athlete and stuff like that to now going, I don't even see them. And there's three or four days go by of some of my athletes that haven't sent me a video. So I'm like, I've not even seen these guys lift yet. So texting them, where's a the video? What have you done? Blah, blah, blah. It's um that's a massive challenge for me and something that I far, far from being used to. So um, me personally, that's a a massive area of mine that I'm I'm trying to get
0: better at. I think what I just took from that is, I think there's a really, really important key component that you and Carl have been executing is that speed matters in business, like these high velocity decision making, because it's better than being a perfectionist, because say you make a mistake by making a quick decision. Well, it's the skill of the operator to be able to course correct and pivot accordingly rather than waiting for that perfect moment or waiting until all the ducks are in order to execute. Is that kind of what you guys have been, that's been highlighted especially now? Yeah, without
3: a doubt. I think you, <laughs> there's no point just being a maverick and just fucking just roll and shop with every idea you ever have. But, um, but I think that's where we balance out quite well because, you know, we can, you know, we can have a, a thousand ideas between us. Um, but, the, the partnership creates that filter um, you know and and we have a really good balance of that that calculated approach versus that just intelligent, speedy decisions for pivoting that that ultimately we come out hopefully anyway we'll wait and see if we we survive over the next few years, who knows um, but uh just to to make sure that we 're making the right
0: decisions is that a question though like i i 'm going to make a detour before we get to the the other guys I know i 've been speaking to gym owners and and its it seems to be a question of like who will and will we survive, right? And I'm hearing that from people. In my head, I, know, I would know the answer for me. But is, is that a serious business decision of like, you know, we, we don't know how long this is going to take. We, you know, we may have to restructure or rebrand or, or completely devolve and revolve. Like,
1: what's... Depending if your landlord's an asshole. Right. Yeah, Things like that. On that Depends yeah, if please. your landlord's a fucking prick. You know, I, I, you know, I had a landlord before... It was an arsehole, now my landlord's okay. So I don't know about the other guys, but they might own their facilities. I know Sean's got a fantastic facility. Yeah,
5: I'm, I'm, I'm very fortunate that uh, we just leased this place and, uh, and our landlord's been fantastic. So we yeah. sort of uh, are connected to a dance studio and, a, and like, a, uh, like a mixed martial arts facility as well. They sort of are mirror images down the line. And uh, we, we had a pretty honest chat at the end of the day. I said, it's a matter of, uh, for example, look, we... We pay the rent for, let's say, two or three months uh, and then really struggle and then go under. Uh, and then all of a sudden, you've got an empty facility with nobody paying uh, any lease to you at all. Uh, who's going to be starting uh, a business in in, these, in this environment and under these circumstances? You're going to have a pretty empty facility for quite a while. Or conversely, we, we I'll be completely honest with you guys, we've just uh, been able to, to pause our rent for the moment. And for the duration of how long we're, we're not paying rent for, we just add that. Onto the uh, the back end of, of what our current um, lease agreement is anyway, so we're sort of due to be uh, finished up at the end of 2021, uh, and and if I'm if I'm completely honest, we're at, we're, we're actually looking for a bigger facility, uh, but certainly that those plans have been put on hold pretty abruptly. The price being uh, slammed on just because of what's happening at the moment. But uh, yeah, really fortunate to, to have a great landlord, so uh, shout out to. Ross, I'm sure he's not watching this at all. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, I know you That's wanted right, to on say something. Point. Oh,
0: can't go ahead. All right, yeah.
6: You go, Ryan. No, you go. You go, Ryan. Oh, you.
4: Yeah, so we've we got two gyms. How how stupid is that? But we've got we've got two, so we've got two headaches to deal with at this point in time. Stupid, and, very stupid, Ryan. And yeah, I remember when I asked you, Christian, what's it like to own two, and you said, "Don't do it," and we did it anyway. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but, oh. but yeah, we've got we've got one, and they're both very different. You know, the inside is exactly the same, but they're both very different. So we've got a place in North Rio that's like a shed and we've been there since the start. That was kind of our like garage startup. And then we've got Wembley that's real nice. It's like on a main street, you know, it's probably a bit too expensive, but, you know, it's for the purpose that we want it for at the start. It's really good. But we've got two different situations there. So we've just moved into Wembley and we've, we're just thinking about growing out of North Rio. So for us, we've got to really think about like what Alex was saying before, it's a question of where's my brain gone. What was Alex? What did do you want me to Jump. What do you say before, Alex? You said uh, something about high velocity decision-making.
0: Um, yeah, sorry.
4: Every day we are like like, there's different decisions going on, and if you want to talk about landlords, like we are still waiting to hear back from guys and stuff like that on landlords and stuff like that. So, it's every day is a new new experience for us and a new opportunity to um, you know make another decision. I guess so. You've really got to make decisions on the fly, but be really willing to just jump out and jump back into something else.
6: Alex, can I jump in there specifically on this question? Because I assume we're not the only gym owners on this conversation here and a lot of people are watching. Something that I cannot stress enough. Guys, this is not the time to be trying to save face and not have serious fucking conversations with all your agreements. Every single agreement you fucking have, you should be having serious conversations. And this is not the time to try and save face or worry about what the relationship will look like in three years time or next year. If ultimately not having these conversations means you're not there in six months to have them regardless. Mm. So if you aren't willing to have serious negotiations with everyone that you've got an arrangement with and and me and Lockie really like we, we struggled with this like ethically too. You know, we, um, we have lots of relationships. We say vowed and we were on a vowed performance webinar yesterday. The very first thing I said when this went, uh, went down, I said, Lachie, we need a text vault. We need to say, guys, we're not going to be able to use your gear for six months. We're on a lease agreement. We're happy to do one of two things. Extend the length of the contract, sign new contracts when this is all over, we we'll are have to send a gear back. But we're not going to spend 1500 bucks a month on this. And whilst these are tough conversations and tough decisions and not fun to have, no one, these are not fun conversations. No one gets excited about these. You have to have them.
5: Absolutely. Absolutely agree, mate. That's fine. well, uh, Well said.
0: What conversations are you having though? Is it like specifically tangibly? Have you guys been having them restructuring negotiations? Of course.
6: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Every single lease agreement we have, every single, uh, I even called Optus, for example. We have iPads all throughout our gym for Team Builder. I called Optus and said, I'm not going to pay for these iPads for six months. Mm. Guess what?
3: That's why he's got so much back here. He's he's even cancelled his membership to the day spa. That's what we give up for our company, you
6: know? Um, but, but honestly, like, and, and these guys realise, these guys want to play the long game, as do we. We've had athletes who have said, hey, I've just lost my job. We're not say all right, well, see you later. We're like, no worries. Things will continue as per normal. Not a single thing has changed. We get emails from athletes saying, I want a 17,000-day program with 17,000 different exercises, and they're not paying us a cent. Mm-hmm. But we're playing the long game with that. We're like, no worries. We will let this continue because when you do get your job back, guess who they're coming back to? Guess who yeah, just exactly starts right. the debit up again? The debit just starts again. So these guys realise that too. All your lease agreements, all your service providers realise that they have to play the long game just as much as we're all trying to play the long game. So don't just not have a conversation because you're scared of what they might think of you. Fuck that. Mm. Fuck yeah, me, that. You,
3: if you've you got that opinion, look at Virgin Australia. Fuck. You know, they're one of the <laughs> big companies in Australia and they're now looking to sell off. So if you can't, you, yeah. you can't toughen up and just go, look, we need,
0: we need to freaking. Pause this, I think, uh, yeah, you've lost the plot. So does that mean you guys are negotiating? And this is a question for all of you. Um, so for the, for the clients who can't uh, pay, right. It's, it comes a question of, okay, there's either a, no, we can't work with you or there's what Carl, you were saying. It's like, it sounds like you're negotiating. Like well, it sounds like you were working with them for free until they can come to the time exactly. where they can. Is that, yeah, go ahead. It's
6: yeah, very, very simple. If you're in a position to pay, continue to pay. Yeah. If you're not in a position to pay, continue to train.
0: Yeah. That's it. Will you back pay and, and that? Think, Will you like back date those? Or you'll be like, we know it's tough. We're going to help you out because we understand relationships are important here.
6: Yeah. Obviously, they're, they're, we, we sign our athletes up for a year as a minimum. Okay. And if you're not doing that in your business, well, you should be. But, uh, we, so obviously, during this time, their contracts, if they're not paying, are on pause. But we will continue to train them and their contract will extend on the back end. But we will look after them because it's in our interest to look after them. We don't want athletes blowing up the week they get back here because of massive changes in load. And all of a sudden yes. they get injured and, and, you know, can't train with us anyway. It's in our interest to look after our clients.
0: I love that. Mm, yes. As
6: it is. Uh, so you need to, you need a position, we need to position ourselves as the client for all our service providers. They want to look after us. And anyone who doesn't want to look after you, well, they're a moron because you'll leave them and it will destroy the relationship long-term
1: anyway.
2: Yeah.
1: Jasmine Sandalas, Alex, Jasmine Sandalas. What about (laughs) her? What did we do with her?
0: Oh, yeah. We let yeah, her train. Yes, yes, yeah, so for free.
3: What Carl did, was I did saying. I not exactly know where that story thing. was going. <laughs>
1: no, no, this work, a, no. This is an interesting detour interesting, going on here. Yeah. No, but what we did with um, Alex's sister was I just let her train for free. She came in. We had a conversation. I said, that's fine. But when you come back, you owe X amount. You can still train. And she thanked me and there was no issue. So what that's you were a, saying, Carl, exactly the same thing. Yeah, that's exactly the same um, example. Yeah. So, Sorry to sorry to use it like Alex's sister, straight away. It's very,
3: very it's a very seductive lead in. Very seductive <laughs> yeah. lead in. No, no context. No just context
1: behind in. it. Look, just straight.
3: Yes. Alex's sister. You, you, yeah. look, you looked away from the screen as well. So
5: <laughs> <laughs> Alex's
0: sister. I mean. Anyway, yeah. um, I mean, the, uh, for like for question us. Question. Yeah.
5: Oh, sorry, mate. <laughs> oh yeah, no, no no! I was going to say carry on. I was just going to ask Alex if we're going back to question number two. If we're sort of going back. We the will. Uh, no, uh, we. What is question number two?
0: It's all—it's all in the chat. If you guys are ever wondering, um, where oh, we're... that's that flashy thing. <laughs> yeah.
5: <That's> so there <laughs> you go. Unless you want, unless you had more. to... Yeah, I was—I
0: was just gonna say.
4: Um, at the end of the day, me and Simon just looked at each other on that Monday and went, "What do we? What do we? End, what do we do this for at the start? And what we did this for at the start was to help people. So, in that sense, we're—we're the best people like I'm guessing coaches and fitness professionals and health professionals are the best people at this time because what are we in? We're in a health crisis. Yeah. Who's better to give advice on health than health professionals at the end of the day. And like we did this to help people. So we have a member's page on Facebook. I'm sure you guys probably have something similar. We have a member's page on Facebook. We just went stuff it. We're going to open that up to everyone. And we, we messaged all the the families and stuff like that. And we said, Invite your, invite your mom, invite your dad, invite your dog, whatever. Like, get them on this. We're going to pump out so much content out here just to give guys advice on how to deal with this. And that's going to put us in long-step long-term. But at the end of the day, we did this to help people, and that's what we focused on. So with memberships and stuff like that, that's kind of where we went with it.
2: Okay. Trying to
0: help as many people as possible.
2: Yeah. So, uh,
5: I think I'm the last one.
0: Please, Amir. I think uh, I've
5: got, so I think I might as quickly sneak, sneak in. So I was just going to, uh, I guess carry on. If you're going all the way back to Alex's question. Yes. Probably a little while ago now. Uh, weaknesses. What, are, what have you uh, discovered? Are your weaknesses during this situation? I think probably, I don't think there's anything specifically that has been brought up because of this situation, but maybe stuff that i would already identified before that has now given me an opportunity to work on it. Um, I know certainly, so I guess uh, here at Peak, it's really me and my wife uh, that run it all. We we sort of uh, decided to to launch Pika officially. I'd been doing some private work, as probably all of us uh, did on the side while I was trying to chase the the pro sport dream, and it's something that that became I guess a uh, that that grew and grew. Um, but really, from from that side of things, all of my education, all my experience is in programming and coaching and as, as a lot of you guys, uh, obviously probably apart from from Carl. So probably from a, like a business processes point of view, I think that's really uh, – that's been something that has uh, been a weakness of mine from the start. Uh, I've always sort of tried my guts out. I'm a, a bloke that will uh, – always have a crack, but certainly there's a long way to go in terms of perfecting that. Um, My wife has been great at probably assisting that process, but a lot of the time it's been, say, for example, me around here, whether it's inducting people or um, organising the back-end systems and, and so on and so forth. So this situation has given me an opportunity to sort of reset uh, my mother-in-law has a lot of management experience behind her as well, so uh, trying to draw on her as much as possible and, and use this time to to really really nail those. So when we when we come back, uh, everything flows uh, really smoothly. Uh, and probably from a from a personal point of view, just finding that time there, and, and like you guys as well, I think it, it, there's a there's a type of person that it takes to create a business especially one like this and just switching off just trying to trying to find some time to switch off, I find really difficult uh prior to the situation I'd find sort of like your, your morning starts at 5am with your your first sort of either athletes or clients or groups coming through prior to work and then is you know, that sort of flows through to maybe 10 or 11 o'clock from that time on would you quickly go to bite to eat you're smashing out emails and then I guess I'm in the unique situation as well uh, that and look, <laughs> I don't know if there's anything to go back to, but also work uh, part time at the Adelaide Crows Footy Club as well, uh, running a strength program there. So uh, I would sort of head off there in the afternoon, uh, and you, you, your dad finish up at sort of nine o'clock. So now at the moment, you sort of you can squeeze everything from sort of five a.m. to one p.m., and then you sort of sit down at the end of the day, like looking at the computer, thinking like, "I've got." I feel like there's something else I need to be doing. Like, like you just can't relax. So um, finding, a, finding a way to just sort of maybe switch off a little bit, I, I think that's only going to make me a, a better person, a better coach, uh, a better family man, a, a better businessman um, in regards to just having that time to, to take a step back a little bit and, and, and enjoy this time away from some of the, the chaos and, uh, and make sure everything is, is as sharp as it can be when we get the go-ahead to go again.
2: Love, Love it,
0: I'm um, here. It'd um, be quiet for a while, my friend. Please, um,
2: I'm listening. I'm picking up some very, very uh, valuable lessons from everybody. Absolutely. Um, so, uh, with me, um, I'm somewhat lucky because I've had a, I've, I've served in the military, and I've also um, worked the doors in in King's Cross for, for a couple of years uh, before I did all of this. So. I'm used to and uh, have some training in dealing with high-stress environments. In fact, I like it. I like high-stress environments. I love competition. So uh, with that being said, uh, like a lot of stuff that happened, I was proactive about uh, in the sense that uh, I was a few days or even a few weeks ahead of what, what was going to happen and could potentially happen. But again, some some stuff, not everything, some. Uh, some stuff was very much reactive. But luckily, as uh, you guys mentioned before, we were quick to move and that's very important. Uh, so uh, you know, some, something that was brought up before in the sense of speed of execution and, and implementation, uh, that's what's important rather than trying to be perfect. So when news came out about the closure of gyms, we um, sent out a mass, mass emails and also mass messages as well to our Facebook groups. And within 24 hours, we were giving out equipment to our members and for them to, to be able to use at home. Why did we do that? I didn't care about uh, the, the money aspect. Uh, that wasn't it, they were going for us anyway. I already received so many messages and emails of people saying, please continue. I mean, we wanted donors to be there but this is all over and so on, which by the way, I'm greatly, uh, forever grateful to all the, all the members. Uh, even the ones that are not in a position to to continue because they lost their jobs or whatever, it doesn't matter. They're still training um, and they still have access to equipment. So, because it was important that they continue their training, I mean, it's just a different situation. That doesn't mean you have to just collapse and cry and um, stop operations. You have to adapt to what the operations, what the newfound situation is, and you can still get people to train at home. In fact. Well, we've got some uh, some awesome training going on at, at uh, people's garages and stuff like that. They're sending me videos. They're in constant communication. Um, but in terms of answering the question as to what were some of the weaknesses that that came out, or some things that were just not not the way they were supposed to be, I guess that were more highlighted because of this, due to this. Uh, I think this is something that pretty much all of us share to some degree. Uh, I like to be in control of almost everything, and so I, did, I was doing a lot of the stuff myself instead of delegating stuff, instead of um, uh, instead of prioritizing stuff. Maybe some stuff that could wait uh, or could, didn't need to be done to as much of a degree, as much time being spent on certain things. But instead now, I've been able to uh, execute and launch some very important projects to me that uh, have always been like, a, I'll do it next week, I'll do it next week. But now I'm well and truly into it, and in fact probably by the end of all this it will be up, ready to go, ready to be uh, delivered to the greater public and for them to use it. Obviously our members as well. So uh, in that regards, in the regards of communicating more, it's given me more time to communicate more, more often with um with certain, certain types of clients. It's giving me an opportunity to communicate more with all of the different staff and uh, build build more of a relationship with them, which is important to me. Uh, I'm not talking about necessarily like uh, um, development of knowledge or anything like that. I'm talking about just, just being mates, you know, just uh, spending more time, communicating more, like hanging out with, uh, you know, even even if it is through like a Zoom meeting or FaceTime or whatever, uh, but you know, in terms of in terms of weaknesses, uh, I can I can for myself say that I'm, I'm happy that there were no um, no panic. There was no panic on my part, uh, mostly because, like I was saying, I'm, I've been exposed to that previously. In fact, I on a regular basis, even before this, I got out of my way to expose myself to. Competition scenarios to uh, stressful situations and stuff like that. It's it's part of who I like to be and, and what I like to do so, so Precisely times like this, you know, it's it's important to um, On a regular basis expose yourself to things that that put you under a stressful situation. Because it develops character it develops um, it develops Your natural reaction to things You know, but uh, it's been great in the sense of bringing up weaknesses as far as operations is concerned as far as um, management is concerned, you know, and being able to um, execute on certain projects and stuff like that. So that's been good. And it's been an eye-opening in that regard. And I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to I'm not going to refer back to those bad habits when this is all over because I see it now. I see it very well. And I'm um, just going to hopefully maintain that as we go forward and I hope all of us will. I
5: just, want, a to, I just want to uh, preempt, boys, in case you see any action in the background, nothing dodgy happening down here in SA. <laughs> We've just got out, uh, our physio, Steve. He's just hit the floor. So uh, so don't worry if there's any authorities watching out there. Everything's all, all, uh, all kosher here, boys. Don't worry about that.
0: I love that. But that's the, okay, it's 11 a.m., so I want to be cognizant, respectful of all of your time because um, you guys are generously donating your time for this, um, even though some of us may be more flexible with it now. But if you guys got to go, and if you got to go, please go, do, go about your day. I know some of you have families. But uh, I think my wife's happy that I stay on here, mate. She's about to get me out of the home. Uh she's getting a bit frustrated with me, so We need to keep you in here all day, maybe. Do a whole day live stream. Uh 30 minutes or so. All good, Amir. Um oh, everybody sorry, else man. All this good? is
4: awesome. I'm having fun. Awesome. Okay. It keeps me from doing business stuff. What's awesome?
0: Ah, procrastinating, yes. <laughs> but sorry, uh, sorry, sorry, Simon. <laughs> Sean, you just mentioned you had a physio in the background. I want to take some questions. We've got some great questions from some of the people who have uh, chimed in here. But, um, Sean, physios can operate. Physios are allied health professionals, right? Uh, Yep. Allied health professionals have a certain respect, connotation, and it's certain legislative benefits to them, like they can work through periods in in times like this and a whole bunch of benefits.
2: Mm.
0: Do do we ever see a day when a personal trainer and a coach is considered an allied health professional and or how do we make that happen? Is that a valuable thing to be made happen? I'm not going to tell you my opinion. I want want you guys to chime in um, on the pros and cons.
5: I think obviously, like obviously, and I'm sure everybody here will have the same opinion. I would love to see a day where that happens. Um, I think even for, if, if you're not even, if you take out all physical aspects, all physical components of it, even just for the, the, the mental, um, uh, I guess, benefits that that, or psychological benefits that that would have on the, the whole community would, would just, I guess, be, uh, be something else, to be honest with you. That, like that. I, reckon, I reckon there'd be more benefit from a psychological perspective, giving people the opportunity to come in and train one-on-one, 1.5 metres apart, Um, as opposed to even sitting down and having a chat with your psychologist saying I'm feeling really depressed because I'm feeling fat because I haven't been been able to train. I think that we could actually uh, prevent a a lot of people even getting to that point. Um, um, And look, I'm probably not here to sort of argue any politics or anything along those lines, but I, I certainly can't see why that shouldn't be an option when you're allowed to probably go get a haircut and your hair is looking immaculate. Don't worry about that. But uh, <laughs> well, don't
1: tell him that. <laughs> you know it is.
5: Um, keep it. Look, no. how how much did the the hairdresser touch you during the process, and how much would you touch your client during a one hour session is my question. Uh, so yes, I certainly think absolutely that that should be the case. How we get there is a is a great question. I I'd, I'd be lying if I if I knew a way. If there was some sort of way that we could. Um, Uh, Provide some sort of health or psychology statistics, and whether that is in regards to people contacting you beyond blues and that sort of stuff, or people uh, like uh, you hate to say it, but like suicide rates and things like that. Obviously, they spike um, during these times. Uh, How can uh, how can we present, or even if you if you if you have some education around like some of the the foundational physiological. uh, I guess reactions that your body would have or hormonal reactions that your body would have to, to exercise uh, how you can present that to, to your government whether that's state or, or, uh, or national um, and fight for our ability or do you say, all right, uh, okay or well, EPs and physios are regarded as essential services yeah. we then say, all right, you need to have a minimum standard qualification of this, whatever it is, uh, as a personal trainer or as an SNC coach uh, you are now allowed to work during these, these times so as long as you, as all the other professions have to, adhere to your social distancing, to your, clip, to your, to your equipment um, cleaning and all that sort of thing as well. So, uh, yes, I believe we should. How we get there, I'm not too sure Probably education is the best way, but who do we educate? I'm not too sure. I'm going to be a bit contrary here. Yep.
6: PTs can, PTs can still train people. They oh, just no. have to do oh, it yeah. outside.
2: Absolutely, for sure. for sure. Yeah,
5: for sure,
6: for yeah. sure. No, that's yeah. that's all set. Sure. Um, so, so I, I think I think there's two parts to this question. Like, do we consider PTs allied health? And I'm going to say no. I don't think we should, at least until our education um, and our expectations of the standards increase. Working, um,
5: because, have to all for, uh, which, is what we're, yeah. which is why
6: we're here. Like we're all here for that reason. Um, so. I think we've got to look at it two step Obviously, what, why have we been singled out? Well, because we own gyms. And, and unfortunately, you know, there was, a, there was a mandate to close gyms, whether we like it or not, and we've got to, we've got to deal with that. But if we're, if we're PTs as well, we can still operate. We just have to be adaptable to those situations. And that's certainly what our coaches have done. We've been able to keep them in jobs, and off they go out to the parks. Um, more to the long-term question of why aren't we considered al- allied health? Well, because there's too much there's too much bandwidth between uh, standards and expectations around what we get from a PT. We we can't both say we're disappointed with the standards of the industry and then also say, well, why don't we get appreciated enough? We we can't have it, We can't have both perspectives and and maintain both them at the same time. So either we're not satisfied with our standards, which is exactly why we're we're on this conversation, why we've partnered with Orphic and why we believe in a better standard for the future. But then we also have to recognize, well, the downside is until we can get it there, until we can get more than eight people to turn up to one of our fucking PE courses, and there's 40 people turning up to AIF or fucking FIA or any of the garbage online, until we can actually we can actually deliver a better standard, we probably shouldn't be treated to a higher standard. Is uh, I, I maybe that's a contrary opinion, but I, I don't know
1: how we can marry those two ideas together. The no, course content must change. It's got to come from the top. The course content of Cert 3 and 4 has to change. I know we add in stuff. I'm pretty sure everyone here would add in their own parts of it. But I think that what, Carl, you're saying I do agree with, but it has to come from the top and it has to be changed in a certain way to expect a yeah. higher standard. Because you're right. How the fuck? I mean, when we ran our practical, we were getting fuck all people there. I mean, Alex, you know, you're taking our course. Was everyone turning up for the practical?
0: Yeah, the majority of people, absolutely. Oh, fuck.
1: Well,
6: there we go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Yeah, but, but it's still the numbers. Like, we're still getting eight or 10 or 12 people. Oh,
1: 100%. 100%. But AAF or SAGE or those bullshit courses, they're getting 40, 50 because they're massive exactly. uh, marketing budget, which is fucked. But people look at it this way how I've seen it, they've gone, why would I pay X amount for Woodford when I can go down the road and get the same qualification because they don't appreciate um, the experience they get. They don't care because they just see everything is the same. Oh, I'm, I'm getting this qualification yeah. exactly the same. Instead of gone, why would I go to Athlete Society or why would I go peak when I can go down the road and get the same qualification for less money? And yeah. this is where the mindset yeah. has to change. Yeah, but Woody, that's not their fault. That's our fault. Correct, yeah, correct. correct. We have to educate. It's, that is
6: that's a hundred percent on us. Correct. And, and we have to, we have to lead that change. We can't expect people to, to know what they don't know. Correct. They just don't know. Yeah. So we actually
1: have to do better. Yeah. And I think, and, and you're right. It's, it's, it's to do with us being able to, and this is one thing when, when I started eight years ago in the private sector, it's about selling. I think a lot of, um, and Carl, you've got a better background than all of us with this in the business side. How do you find that coaches, do you think, Phil, I, I look at a lot of coaches and they don't know how to sell themselves. They don't know how to sell the service of s and I'd love to know your opinion on that because I feel like a lot of coaches come through with the knowledge but can't sell or can't get the buy-in needed. Yeah, of course. Well, it's, I, think, I think we actually all
6: know the answer. If we all look at our previous experience and where we came from, we came from an era where the standard expectation of a personal trainer was to pay rent and, like, thrive or die in a in a high-pressure commercial environment with 30 other cunts ready to take your business from you. Like, that's at least where I came from. That's what it was at Fitness First. It was fucking ruthless. And if you went on the floor 30 minutes before every other cunt, you missed out. And that's not the standard. That's not the expectation these days. And every fucking guy wants to work at fucking Vision or get a job or, hey, like, we get messages every day, hey, is there any work available? Go Fuck yourself and go find the work. Like, fuck off. Yeah.
5: Alex, is there, and is there I, any chance? is It's
6: infuriating.
5: Alex, is there any chance of getting somebody like, can, can we get Commando to be the face of the Orphic Cert 3 and 4? Is
2: that, oh, Jesus. Oh, oh, <laughs> I don't think Uh-oh. we need to with yeah. do with
0: dropping the we'll get, we'll, get, we'll get Christian on the phone with him and he can sell it to him.
5: You guys are fuck with. Honestly, <laughs> sorry, man, I couldn't so, help just about it. I'm
1: yeah, Bring that, cane corns.
5: Yeah. tell you what, some of, the, <laughs> some, of the, uh, oh, some of that content, Woody, just leaves me in stitches in bed at night. Like I'll sit there and my missus will say to me, what are you laughing at? I'm just sitting there reading posts about, about Commando and cane corns and, oh, mate, it just... Oh, <laughs> he be, loves it. Don't feed him. He that, loves
0: it. Go, come. Yeah.
6: But to that point, we came from an era where we had to sell ourselves. We, that was a critical skill set. Critical and it is not the expectation. So I'm all for going back to when you finish your PT course uh, and the important and requisite rite of passage is to go to somewhere where you pay rent and you have to create something out of nothing. You have to build a business because right now all of us guys who learn how to build a business are surviving this. And the guys who have relied on other people to provide the work and provide the risk and to cover the risk are struggling. And all these PTs who have expected to finish a course and to go into an internship and then to get a job where someone else has taken the risk for them, they're not going to get through this unless they radically shift how they perceive themselves as a player in the industry.
2: And so we have to go... I'll tell you, sorry to cut you off. I think all of this is, it just so happens that we, and others like us who are in our position, are the ones that are are the, are the personality type to fight tooth and nail. And so then we happen to be in this kind of position. Not everybody is built like you. Not everybody's built like me. You understand what I mean? Not everybody's built like us. Yeah. As soon as it gets a little bit rough, a little bit tough, they see um, others on Instagram having their own PT business that's seemingly successful or whatever, and they're like, "Oh, that'll be nice," but they don't see everything else. Not everybody, not everybody has the capability to eat shit sandwich after shit sandwich after shit sandwich. Not everybody does. Not everybody's built like me and you. You know what I mean? And a majority how, do you,
6: how do you eat a shit sandwich? You take the first fucking bite and then you yeah. take another fucking bite and then you well, take another bite. Some people, fucking it bite. tastes
2: too bad. They don't like it. You understand what I mean? So they're not going to change. They're forever going to be people who want to work for, for somebody like you. And that's not a bad yeah. thing, as I said before. That's not necessarily a bad thing. It's not everybody has that, the, that personality type to take the risk to... Um, people have no idea what it takes. They have no idea what it takes, you know. Like mm. uh, you, were, you guys were talking about, you know, running multiple facilities. Christian was saying like, two is a headache. Um, like, we have to look after five, you know. And I'm not saying that in the case of like, to go at, at all. Please understand, but it becomes incrementally harder, not linearly. Mm as you do it more and more. And people think, oh, well, you know, like you you guys got two facilities, so lucky, blah, blah, blah. It's not fucking lucky. There's no no luck here. Do you understand how much work it takes? Ten years, ten years. I I see those people more than my family. Do you understand? You don't understand. You'll never understand. I I can't disagree with
3: that. Yeah, I'd like to add that I let uh, Carl eat the shit sandwiches. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, But uh, but look, I I think um, I'll probably weigh in a little bit um, as a bit of a devil's advocate because I have this argument with Carl quite a bit. Um, From a, obviously the business standpoint there is fantastic. I completely agree with that. I think when we talk about uh, allied health versus um, what we represent, um, how we we are seen as coaches, PTs, whatever you want to call it. I think there's a fair distinction that needs to be made, especially A, this is COVID. It's, it's fucking never happened like this in our our generation and unlikely to ever happen again. So I think um, for us to, to to talk about what should be seen based in a COVID response is probably mute because it's, it is what it is, it's done and we'll move on. But I think moving forward... Um, there's always these debates around, and I have, as I said, I have it with Carl, that you know, just, just because you have a degree doesn't make you a good coach. And I completely agree with that. The same premise is then said, well, you don't need a degree to be a good coach. And I also agree with that. But the problem is no, no one's going to go into a hospital and uh, talk to a doctor that doesn't have a degree. Because it's, it is, the tertiary education is where we need to head, in my opinion. Um, if... if if it works for doctors, works for lawyers, works for every other person through through these um, allied health side things from physio to osteo to chiro, all of this type of thing, there's nothing wrong with the system of getting a degree. The, the application of a degree is what's wrong. So at the moment, the universities and the way they present a strength, additional exercise science degree is broken. Um, it's certainly gone by the wayside of, of your, your, um, your AIFS FIAs, where they too are looking for money, they're looking for speed of putting people through. They're just doing easy um, options for education. They're not doing the, the hard efforts of practical education, coaching, all these type of things. They're just doing the the easy bookworm stuff where people can jump online and do stuff I've seen plenty of undergraduate and master's degrees that they don't the, the, the freaking lecturers don't even do the lecture. They they supply a link to a YouTube lecture from another university. And it's it's absolute insanity. So my opinion when it comes to allied health is there is a, whether you want to believe it or not, and this, I've been a PT, I, I, there's amazing PTs and I love PTs, hence why we're partnered with Orphic. But a PT is not a uh, undergraduate qualified strength and conditioning coach. And there needs to be a difference there. An exercise physiologist has a rebate. Physio has a rebate. A personal trainer will never get a rebate. They will never have a rebate. So people need to stop trying to fucking claim that the government's doing them out because a PT doesn't have it. You'd never get a rebate for personal training. So, well, that said, I still reckon that the the undergraduate side of things needs to escalate more. And I believe places like Orphic, um, Athletes Authority, we're the ones that need to start supplying the the cream on the top. So, your undergraduate degree is what you do. You then go and get certified, if you want to call it certified. I know people don't like that word sometimes, but in, in areas in education that add to your bow, that, that add strings to that bow. But I really believe that there's no way in hell that we're, we're ever going to be, I suppose, seen as or respected in the same light as physios or as physiologists, when our undergraduate degree is pretty shocking. And at the, at the time, we don't have any way to differentiate at the moment between what someone calls a strength addition coach versus a, a PT. I see all the time, Fitness First Boards, people call themselves strength addition coaches. People call them performance coaches. And they don't have experience. They don't have the education. It's, it's a throwaway line. So um, I'm not saying I've got the solution, but, um, but I certainly think um, that, that we need to, as Carl said, we need to start lifting the industry if we want to start talking to the government or talking about rebates, because that's, that's so far down the line at the moment, I think, that we need to change a lot of other things first.
6: Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. Rebates, aren't, rebates aren't our problem anyway. That's not, we, don't, we don't need it.
2: Fuck
6: rebates. We don't need a fuck, We don't need a fucking rebate anyway. Yeah, fuck them. So, like, let's stop worrying about what we like that shit. That are just distractions, and worry about actually what we can control. As Woodford said, we we the moment we relinquish our control and blame something else, or say we're not respect or anything like that, we lose our control, and we are in control of this. Yeah.
5: This, this is a bit more sort of a, I guess, just a, a personal question. Lucky has this sort of situation uh, justified further your decision to move away from the pro sports sector and, and more into, uh, I guess, what, what you're doing at the moment, or is it really undecided? Hasn't really made much impact at all. Oh,
6: I think. Well, yeah. I can
5: tell you he's fu- he's fucking lucky because he'd be without a job <laughs> without without
6: that's that bad. anyway. So that's for sure. <laughs>
3: Carl forget the, the performance manager doesn't get stood down. It's everyone else. So I'd just be on shit pay and be fucking dealing with Carl's problems still anyway. <laughs> 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 um, mate, to be honest, look, yeah, I, I think ever ever since um, uh, partnering with Carl and, and and having that that you know initially a toe in, now fucking my entire life in to the private sector. Um, it's always been a passion. It's always been that it's, you know, it's a soft spot for me as far as I'm concerned. I think, um, the, the, the private sector is, is, is underdone in Australia. There's a massive opportunity there. And I'm a massive believer in, you know, there's, there's a lot of chat. Everyone has their opinion around, um, the way professional clubs may treat coaches in saying they pay them nothing. They treat them like shit. They're always expendable. Um, it's for me the only way to change that is in the private sector because if we're hiring a coach and we're paying him 100k a year, um, you better believe that if if a if a pro team wants him, then they better be paying more. Yeah, you know I mean I think that while, while coaches have nothing else to go to, they're always going to obviously want to go to pro sport, but they're always going to have to just take what they're given because there's no backup. You know, you, you don't go back to the, you take a law firm. There's that many law firms out there that some are paying massive money. And there's so much headhunting, competition, trying to get them. And you, you've got to keep up with it. At the moment, there's no competition. There's no headhunting. Like, you, you, get, a, you get, obviously, um, pro teams headhunt between pro teams. But you're always going to have your, your one or two headhunted um, coaches that are on big money. And then the rest just fall away. Uh, same in the American sector. You, you, they're probably even worse. Some of the college coaches there, they're, they're on 60, 50K. And they're doing fucking obscene hours. So, and you've obviously, we hear about the big dogs and there is some big money paid, but there's far bigger discrepancies there than we have. Not to say we still also have discrepancies, but until the private sector gets a strong, and I'm talking from an athletic performance standpoint here, until the private sector gets a strong athletic performance sector where we have multiple gyms in multiple states paying good money with good systems and good products there's no other option for coaches but to go to the the pro sector because that's the the highlight. Like, let's if you just take one example in the States, you know, um, look at Eric Cressy's establishment um, and perhaps someone's into baseball and they've got the option to work with, say, a minor league for nothing or Eric Cressy, then they're probably actually going to choose Eric Cressy to go there because of the representation of, of, of that facility because there are some solid private facilities. And until we get multiple of them in Australia it's just too hard for, a, for an S&C coach who wants to be a professional and work with the best to turn down a professional job. It's, we just need to create a better private industry because that will then in turn push, produce and, and change that, 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 um, that pro sector.
5: Yeah, beautiful. No, I appreciate that, mate. Okay, sorry, I'll just one more, boys. I'll, I'll ask Woody now. Uh, have you been in touch with like DeFranco? <laughs> Obviously, they're in, a, they're, in a, they're in a lot worse situation than us at the moment over there, like uh, they got four thousand dying a day. Like how yeah. how's he tracking? Have you been Have you been in touch with him? And what's what's as as is he in a similar boat to us?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm talking to him in three hours, so I've got oh, a meeting dude.
5: with him in three hours. So yeah, well, I, um, I just rolled straight into that meeting with no breaks, mate. Yeah, you
1: know I mean? so I have, a, I have a chat to him. I stay in contact with him, and um,
5: yeah, I look. I'll find out today, and yeah.
1: see how he's going, and um, yeah, listen. Uh, when I talk to Boyle, I talk to Mike as well about how he was going and he just said pretty much similar to what all we were talking about. Um, But he's heavily, he's got an education arm. I mean, he's heavily got an education, education arm and similar to us, I guess. But um, as Lockie said, I think you hit hit the nail on the head lock where you said until we start producing multiple centers with um, in terms of high level coaching systems structures, it's not going to put any pressure on professional sport to pay anything. Mm -hmm. Um. Until that does happen, and I'm starting to see it now, I mean, Amir started 10 years ago, I started 8 years ago, it is starting to happen now, we're starting to pick up a little bit better, people start understanding, but Carl, I liked your point how you said people message you guys, and like, do you have any fucking, do you have any work? You're like, what the fuck? I mean, that happens to uh, to me all the time, it's like... You have to fucking work for it. You don't just fucking pop up and, here, take these decent-level athletes and train them. Everyone wants to start up here. No one wants to start eating shit like what you said at me. And it pisses me the fuck off because it's like there's so many coaches out there who work their ass off to get to a certain point. And, yes, networking is fucking important. But a lot of people take networking for sucking up. It's not about that. Um, and I think a lot of young kids do that. They think networking is sucking up. It's not. Networking is... Um, is, is working together, helping each other out, working towards a common goal, um, educating each other, learning off each other. Where a lot of kids come out and it's like, well fuck, I'm not gonna bother working with this junior group because I'm above that. I've got a degree. I'm gonna try and work with um, uh, AFL or NRL players. I don't give a fuck about the under 20s. It's like, shut the fuck up. Who the fuck are you? You've done nothing. Shut the fuck up. Go work at, at that level, kill it at that level, um, and then from there, it developed through there. I know everyone wants to get paid, but it's not as easy as that at the moment. But I guarantee you, in the next ten years, if we can all stick at this and we can all come together and we work together, and yes, I've been probably the worst one at polarising people, but I did it at the start to create a bit of controversy. People fucking talk about SNC, and I know, Sean, you said this to me, um, where I do get eyes on the the market. That's the idea. I came out, and said some things that I knew would piss people off. I couldn't give a fuck, really. Um, I truly love what I do. Um, Once you meet me, you know I'm okay. Um, Probably before you met me, most people meet me, they think I'm fucked in the head or a bit of a nut job. But when you meet me, I'm a good person. I just love this industry. Um, And I think to move forward, um, what Lockie said is just we have to have the private sector and we have to have multiple facilities in multiple states all working towards betterment of the industry. And then what happens is it's not pro sport is the main one. You can go work private sector and get paid just as much and you actually have a work-life balance. Because at the moment, it's like, take that 50 grand or get the fuck away. And um, yeah. that's how it is. So until we change it, nothing's gonna happen.
6: Yeah. You know what our benchmark will be? What? When a guy goes, does a, does a 12 or 24 week block with us, and then goes into pro sport and says, oh, fuck, this is a bit of a letdown. Yep, yep. That's our benchmark. Yep. That's, that's the minimum standard. We, yep. And we've got the agility to do that. That's yep. got to be our minimum standard. And then the economics need to reflect that. We need to be able to charge for those types of results yep. as well. Because yep. we can't pay coaches 90, 100. I mean, like you talk about this all the time. We can't pay our coaches 90 grand a year. When we charge our athletes 50 bucks a week, Mm. And they've got a 40-athlete 40, 40 limit. Explain mm. the economics to me. It's do, not going to
1: work. But do, you, but do coaches who come to you guys, and I'll ask everyone here, do coaches who come to you guys, do they, because I get people come to, come to us and think they're going to get paid 90, 80 grand straight off the bat. Uh, what do you guys, do you guys have coaches, younger coaches, older coaches come to you and just say, I want a 90K job? Or how does it, uh, you guys tell me, how you guys experience it?
4: Uh, so we work on a commission base. Yeah. Okay. With our guys because we don't want to. We we wanted to steer away when we opened it from charging guys rent because yeah. of all the issues that that brings up. So we're on commission base. Okay. Yep. Like. And what, really is, like, what does that look, actually look like? What does that actually look like though? So for the for their PTs and stuff. So it's yeah. we base we base it on like physiotherapists and stuff like that. So we do 50-50 or once they get to a certain point, they get a little bit more, and it drops down for us to give them a bit of an incentive to keep working. And keep getting their PT up. Uh, we also let them do some group sessions as well, and they get paid for group mm-hmm. sessions. But
6: guys all the time. is it
4: incentivized
6: Is it incentivised for them to actually pursue new clients? Do they get
4: 100%. something extra? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, for if they get new, well, they want to get new clients because they, you know, there's only so many people coming in the door, and when people come in the door, me and Simon have built this brand up. They ask for us, yeah. So we can only palm off as many, but. Like, we can't palm off that many. So, yeah, they've got to get... If they want to get paid, they're on commission. They've got to get, you know, they've got to go get clients. Mm-hmm. And if yeah. they're not seen to do that, we have, like, a very structured way that they, you know, by this time, you you need to be around this mark, otherwise we'll review you being here. Can we go from there? Mm-hmm.
2: Anybody yeah, else? Carl, Can what what some... you, Sean, <laughs> Carl, what do you
1: guys do? Like, what do you guys yeah.
5: do? So... You
6: go, Cal. Yeah, this has been an interesting evolution for us. We have gone from where Lockie wasn't in the business and I was essentially doing business operations and then everything else, as you guys know, that that comes along with business and running a gym. Um, And then we've obviously gone into a new model where Lockie is in the business. Now, you guys are essentially probably Lockie's alternative and and if you guys have a business guy, then that would be me. But until I had Lockie, I really you really can't imagine what can get done and the systems that can get implemented until you have a guy who can lead your performance department and lead and take ownership of that. So what we've actually realized is we actually don't need to hire $90,000, $100,000 strength coaches uh, because we actually have an asset like Lockie who, who with his systems and his ideas can scale a product that that's important. He's like, he's it's his systems that scale not him that scales he can't scale but his systems can so what we now do is we essentially have coach on a reasonable wage they get paid about 40 bucks an hour to turn up to coach and work underneath Lockie. and they do that on a part-time basis um, and they might have other roles like um, a Parramatta gig or a, a football gig or, or something like that on the side um, and we're essentially nurturing what we consider up-and-coming coaches before Lockie we had to try and attract senior coaches. And to that point, we got in a – one of our coaches got headhunted, Woody, and we offered him 90K plus. And he still, he still got offered what – I don't know what he got. A whole bunch more offered by Trinity Grammar, a, a, sport, a private high school. So, yeah, we did get to the point where we, we were willing to pay 90K to, to maintain a senior performance coach.
5: Was that Elliot? Elliot Taylor? Yeah. I did, yeah. my, I did my master's with him, a very, very good guy, legend. Yeah. Thank God. Great guy, great um, guy. But honestly, I, I think until,
6: as I said before, the economics need to work until we can get the economics right. Um, I would rather pay myself and Lockie a lot more money and do a lot more work than uh, and and be in control than, um, than be paying 90K to a coach, even if they're someone as great as Elliot. Elliot will never have the skin in the game that me and Lockie will have. And that's not an attack on him. And if he's watching this, I, I don't feel like that would be offensive because he just doesn't own the business. And oh, whether an athlete man? comes or goes, well, not, yes and no. I guess I'm a numbers man because I had to be. Yeah. Like I had to become a numbers man when I was running the business. Like yeah. if you're devoid of numbers and you stop thinking about them, well, you, your business is, you can only really be reactionary with your business because everything you see is after the fact. So I guess I do like numbers, but it's not inherent. And back to that point Amir made, if those who have known me a long time, I have not always been this way. I have not always been direct and forthright and relatively confident in these types of arrangements. I was far from it. Lockie knew me when I was an intern. And I I was, I guess I was headstrong, but I was also naive and and doubted myself a lot and all those type of things. So there is... A lot of elasticity in someone's personality as well to so be someone who they're not. And if you can't be that person now, just fake it now until you let your actions start to influence how you think and feel about yourself and let it work backwards if you need to. But no, I wouldn't say I was necessarily born a numbers man. Like I, I didn't finish school and I stopped doing math in unite.
1: So the reason why I say this is because you remind me of my old man, how my old man talks. Is with numbers, with structure, very structured. I see how you talk. It's just interesting. Yeah. I just, I just enjoy yeah. it. I can imagine Lockie, I, I, I,
2: yeah.
1: Lockie, you're me. Oh, I mean, man. Old man. Yeah. Sounds weird, but yeah.
6: <laughs> Look, yeah. we always need partnerships. And that's what me yeah. and Lockie realize that if you guys are running this fucking thing solo, fuck me. Like, you are in for a tough ride. No. Um, and and probably dad, can, sorry to interrupt, Carl. But and
3: when Carl says partnerships, it doesn't like, doesn't necessarily mean that you can't be a sole trader, but you've got to understand your weaknesses and find who can complement that. doesn't have yeah. to be a business partner. But as yeah. you know, me, me and Carl are lucky enough that, that we, we can split that coaching business side quite well. But, you know, we, we're discussing a number of things now that there's certain things that we don't have the experience in. So when in doubt, refer out. Fucking just, like, I just I've seen too many people try and do everything. When and you just do a poor job of it. Just know what's your weakness and fucking get someone to compliment it. it doesn't need to be someone full time. It can just be an external company.
4: Yeah, I'll have to jump in on that. That's obviously yeah. Me and Simon are exactly the same as what you guys are talking about. Like we're completely different dudes. From Christian, how different Simon to me? Very different. Like very we're two different, different we're two Great very, response. very different people that compliment <laughs> each other very well, and that's why we get on. <laughs> Simon's got brains, I've just got a voice, you know. He calls himself the puppet master.
1: Yeah, but you've got to have people like that. You've got to have um, other people with different skill sets and you can't do it all. And um, I think if you bring the right people in, and um, you have to have a numbers man. You've got to have someone, a numbers man or woman. You know, you've got to have someone who's the... Kieran, what do you say? You're the... Um, what are you, the voice of reason? Yeah. Yeah, you've got to have someone who's the voice of reason. Because if you don't, you know, you, um, the business will... Um, Implode and I've seen it happen before mm-hmm. so you've got to have someone like yeah, oh, you talk like someone who's like um, a bit of a fight not like a father figure who's like You give like the truth every time because you got to have an objective Quantitative number to everything so that's how business works. And if you don't have that mm-hmm. you're fucked. That's it and That's what I've learned. I never used to have that and now that I that obviously my old man came in about second year in um, without him, I'm fucked. So I'm sure, Locke, you'd say the same thing as Carl. And me, I'm sure you've got someone. Or um, Ryan, I know you've got someone. And Sean, I'm sure you've got someone as well. Like maybe your missus or your mother-in-law as well who tells you the truth of that stuff. So very important to have.
5: Yeah. Yeah, look, so uh, going to Christian's question, we sort of really have almost like a, like a, a blended model uh, between uh, what Ryan was talking about uh, and what Carl's talking about in regards, I guess, paying coaches and that, that's been something that's probably evolved a little bit. Look, we've only been open just over 12 months so uh, originally at the start, to be honest with you, I was trying to take on as much work as possible uh, especially from a, from a coaching perspective and uh, just to, I guess pay the bills and obviously you know, you boys are, are well aware of all the overheads that are involved in opening a facility like this. Um, as we've gone into a position where we're, we're sitting a bit stronger and obviously I want to I step back and work probably a little bit more on the business as opposed to in the, in the business. We've restructured that a little bit more. So we're similar in regards to we, we pay our coaches 40 bucks an hour, whether that's with uh, small groups or, or, like, I guess pretty much anything where we uh, have taken the booking ourselves uh, and have um, allocated that to to the coach. Uh, and then conversely, that they they've got the full opportunity to to go and chase their own work, uh, but we don't we don't charge any any rent or anything along those, along those lines. We just we take a small percentage or a small cut out of each of the sessions that they do complete, so they're never out of pocket. So uh, that's the the model for the moment. But just like all you boys, I, I think the the long term goal is to be able to actually pay a, pay a wage and. And one of the things that we've, we've found and whether it's been myself as a participant coming through the industry or or I guess now as a, whatever you want to call it, an owner or a boss or whatever you might want to, want to call it, is I want to be able to provide stability to our coaches and those that, those that are actually having a crack. So uh, apart from trying to give them opportunities, whether it's from a... a a lowly paid or a, an experienced point of view out of some of the, the gigs we do, whether it's football or cricket in particular. I guess the, the inevitable goal, the eventual goal, is to, to, all right, say, look, I can pay this per year. You need to do this amount of hours per week. Uh, and then uh, I think we'll be able to have a, a lot lot less of a, probably a turnover rate as well because, like you said, there's, there's guys that will pop off to, to different opportunities or those who aren't willing. We've seen people that... Are great coaches but probably don't have that same drive like we do to, to go out and, and create their own work uh, and now they're answering calls and calls yeah, and sorry, at least you can offer some sort of payment, where like before there was yeah. no like
1: for me, I offered, we offered um, we were looking for a, a new grad physiotherapist and we were offering, how much were we offering an hour? 35 35, 40 and we're getting these physios come back and saying, oh I thought it would be more and Kieran's gone. Well, you're new grad physio. What more do you want? No, and this is, seriously, this is what's been. This is what's happened to us. We've had people come to me, and we've offered them. I think forty dollars an hour. How much do we offer our coaching? Yeah, but how much? Around forty, but give or take. Well, anyway, give or take around forty, forty-five bucks, or a percentage, um, at least we can give them some payment and some experience at the same time and build their skill set while getting paid. Where before, Sean, it was either, and you guys all know, it was either go to go to Pro Sport or go to the Institute Systems um, and then hope someone quits, um, right place, right time, and then get the get the job opportunity. If not, it's kind of you're hoping for the best, really. So at least yeah. you give them the opportunity to get
5: paid. Absolutely. And it's a good way of putting it too because I guess you, yeah. uh, we, we all want the best for those coaches and, and probably... Yeah taking it on myself sometimes i thinking, shit, I wish I could do more. But actually, when you sort of turn around the other way and say, well, you know what, Look, you guys are lucky competitor." what a lot of these coaches came up with.
1: Oh, and, and a lot, some staff might even take your equipment home and not even ask you. So you, <laughs> there's a guy in this chat who's actually um, running the chat. You can ask him if he knows someone oh, who's done that.
5: Alex, bad
0: man. No, we we ask, we definitely ask. We just asked the wrong person um, He asked that's... my
1: old man and My old man's got Alzheimer's He forgets everything Whoa,
0: okay, that's news That's news to me He doesn't have
1: Alzheimer's,
5: mate I just want to quickly say I need to be across the road For a conditioning session In about three minutes So I bloody love chatting to you I just want to thank you so much For the opportunity Thanks to Alex for facilitating it um, I think it's uh, uh, the, the industry is heading In a really good um a direction with all of you guys and and really appreciate the, the opportunity to, to connect with you all and, and hopefully i know i was hitting up uh Lockie and uh and woody in particular prior to this all happening but love to have you all down in adelaide sometime we'll run some workshops and Adelaide. yeah Adelaide, Plenty. there's plenty going on down here boys don't worry about that <laughs> but now uh, thanks so much enjoy the rest of your chat i have got to sneak yeah. off i apologize but uh, yeah, really appreciate it, legends. Thank you so I've got much to for thanks coming. So. I'm gonna to go too. I'm gonna to go too. So thanks, guys. I appreciate
1: it. We're gonna do you. this
0: soon. Thanks, guys. Thank
2: All you. Wood, appreciate Thank it, yeah. yeah.
0: Much love. I'll let them exit. Um, Can we now get out of this, <laughs> <laughs> you Muppet. You go. <laughs> it's hilarious. The big X, mate. <laughs> <laughs> See, you <guys. laughs> See you, man. Be good um, uh, This is actually last, The last thing Because I think It's a, an important thing To touch on um, A question from Christopher uh, Dumanis. Just one to two minutes On What would be One step A young coach Or PT Should take In adapting right now Something tangible And practical for them In adapting Yes In adapting right now To this situation Cool Chris I know you Chris
6: Good We everyone To uni together Oh uh, there
0: you go so, Chris, what I would be
6: doing if I, if you want to adapt and expose yourself and put yourself outside your comfort zone and, and what I see you doing on Facebook and Instagram and all that stuff is, is all really good. I would go to every single person that you've ever trained or ever had an interaction with around training and see if they're okay and see if you can help. That, that's the, the one thing I would do right now because what you'll probably find is there is a subset of that, that uh, demographic who actually are in need of your help. And you might be the catalyst that gets them to do something with you and you might be able to provide a unique solution for them. And not only do you benefit, but they benefit from that. And so if you were to do one thing, every, go through person by person through your phone book or whatever customer resource management software you've, you've used historically to gather data and contact every person indiscriminately and just check in and see if they need help.
0: I like that. It's very practical.
4: I uh, again, again, stole my idea. I'll have to think of another one. Well, I completely agree with Carl. If you're going to do
3: one thing, that's what I'd do. Um, But if you're going to do two things, um, I would probably uh, treat this without using a a sport analogy as halftime and fucking spend this time to reassess everything you're doing, build out good plans, good structure on how you're going to come out of this because... Not very often will you ever get a chance to get downtime like a lot of people have at the moment. That can really just review everything they've done and then reset and go again. Uh, myself and Carl have been doing it a lot. Um, and, you know, we, we're pretty excited with the, the things that we're going to be producing and pushing out. And I think it's, it's one of those things that so many people, like we talked about, are looking to try and survive. And Carl's number one suggestion there, that will keep you surviving. But if you had to do a number two, it would be planning forward. Probably poor choice of words there if you have to do a number two, but yeah, you can edit. (laughs) It's so good. Uh, But I would 100% be thinking how the hell am I going to make an impact once I'm open again and ready to go. Yeah.
0: Ryan,
4: you want to go? Well, they keep stealing my ideas, so this is getting quite hard. (laughs) Very good ideas. Number three now.
2: Um, What I would say is... Uh, you need to get real clear. If, you, if you're somebody who's new or just getting in, you need to get. this is a good time for you to get really clear about who your niche is, who, who is the top people you want to um, be working with uh, when this is all over, because it's going to be all over and it's going to return to normal. And in fact, in some cases, it's going to rebound. It's going to super compensate, so to speak. And, um, what you you want to do is, it's going to be somewhat of a land grab in some senses uh, during this time and after this time. And for you to be able to be successful, you need to get really clear about that niche, that that subset of people that you want to work with and who you want to be known for and known as, and uh, get to work and really analyze where your weaknesses are if, and if you need to pick up courses, this is the time to do it. If you need to learn something extra, this is the time to do it. If you need to find somebody to cover your weaknesses as a partner or something like that, this is the time to do it. You've got a little bit of time to play with, uh, not a lot. This is going to finish sooner rather than later. And uh, in the meanwhile, you need to stay active. Stop, like, like the boys were saying before, stop for perfect action. Because it just slows you down. You just need to go.
4: Lads. Keep doing, keep doing stuff is what I'm going to tell people. Just keep okay. doing stuff. Keep working. Keep going. Uh, stay positive. Keep, keep adapting.
0: It's probably... Do you know how much probably, I've watched in the last three weeks? Say again.
4: How much?
6: Do you know how much I've watched in the last three weeks?
0: Netflix, all oh, you said.
6: Fucking how Donuts.
0: Much?
2: Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. because right. of- he watches YouTube. He doesn't do Netflix. Oh, except, except the new Michael Jordan documentary that just got released. That's pretty cool.
6: That's okay. Cool. I'm, uh, um, keep yourself productive. <laughs> to, to your point, Ryan. Like, Yeah, keep I, yourself I, productive. I am so fucking excited for yeah. when we come back because all this... Nothing we do now, we see today. Everything we do now, we see in orders of consequence in the future. Yeah. And I know that we are the unique guys who are like in these types of conversations who are doing shit. And there are so many coaches who are not doing shit. And I can't wait to see in six months time where we are because every single day is action. It's directed. It's purposeful. And it's not fucking Netflix and, and fucking around and feeling sorry for ourselves. It's fucking action because we're going to see it in six months time when we reopen. That's what I'm so excited for. I'm so excited for that.
4: Yeah, there's always something to be doing and there's always something to be thinking about. And like, I'm an ideas person. I come up with about 10 ideas plus a day that Simon rejects 10 probably most of the time. But, you know, Mm -hmm. like it's one of those times. Get these, like, have that time with yourself to think of stuff that when this reopens and then start brainstorming it and seeing if it's going to be viable now, Mm -hmm. because you have the opportunity, because it gets real crazy when you're on floor for 12 hours or however long you're on floor, you know, like running your own business, you're on floor for a long time. And if you're not on floor, you're in the office doing all the other work. So have that time, get some ideas going, man. Like it's a great time to be alive.
0: Absolutely. Finding the opportunity within the adversity. And I think that's what you all have exemplified in one way or another. And I think that's a great place to end. I want really a lot of gratitude and thanks to all of you um, and for the guys who hopped off the call just earlier, before you guys didn't have to do this. Um, I know time is, is an investment and I know we all share a common as coaches and as, as business owners, we all share a common, uh, vision and in trying to make better betterment for this industry and doing that through things like our certificate three and four in fitness and, and changing the standards and uplifting the standards. And I, I look forward to meeting you all one day in person and speaking then. But, uh, Thank you all if you guys have any last parting comments or or questions or uh, plugs, now's the time. Sure. Um, Essentially, uh,
6: we have one thing that might be helpful to a lot of coaches that maybe you don't know about. Um, About a year and a half ago, I did have um, create some time to write a free business course for fitness professionals. It's called the Fitness MBA. It goes over the five fundamental principles that a business is going to need to get right or at least continue to iterate to to stay ahead of the curve. Um so you can get that for free on our website. Um it's called the Fitness MBA. Um so I would I would highly suggest going and doing that because the things I talk about and everyone mentions, you know, you seem like the business guy. These are not necessarily skills I all, always had at my disposal. They were skills I learned and developed and iterated with and I've put some of those thoughts down on paper. It's about fifty thousand words. It's a book. Um built out in five modules, and it's, it's pretty handy. Um, there's a few thousand people who have gone through that already or at least subscribed. Who knows how much engagement people usually take on free gifts that are worth, you know, theoretically thousands of dollars. Um, but go and do that. I reckon that might be of some benefit to you guys during this time. And, and touch on Ami's point, go start working on the things that you're not necessarily super skilled at. What, why read another hypertrophy book when you've read 17,000 hypertrophy books? When, and you haven't read a business book and you're trying to be a PT. Um, so, you know, stuff like
0: that might, might be helpful. Love that. Thank you. That's going to be very valuable. Anybody else got any other last parting comments?
2: I uh, don't have anything to offer like that. Which I, by the way, I, I highly recommend everybody go and go and get what he just talked about. Uh, if you're serious about coming out of the other end uh, with minor scratches and bruises, Um uh, I myself feel free to reach out to me if you have any questions in regards to business, in regards to starting, in regards to if you're struggling mentally with um, with any of this, uh, any of this that's happening right now. More than happy to help out everybody out there. I'm uh, on Instagram, uh, The underscore Sport Performance Coach. More than happy to answer people's questions uh,
4: as soon as I can. I'll get to all of them myself personally. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah, I don't have a, well, I have a book, but it's on
4: swimming, strength, and conditioning, and no one really cares about that apart from me. So you can go check that out if you like. But, um, yeah, as far as what we've got to, you know, offer people on this, on the, in this scope, um, it's the same thing that I often said the other day, like my motivation right now is to help as many people as possible. Um, and it always has been, it always will be. And from that, we've got FSC support on Facebook. If you want to go check that out, you're welcome to join as i said before invite your mum invite your dad your dog your cat i don't know how many instagram accounts or facebook accounts people have nowadays but you know go check that out and and join the party it's great
3: yeah man, i just want just to just add to that thank you very much for uh, for hosting i think it's a it's a great uh, great initiative um i feel like there's a, a thousand zoom calls on this week i've that's all I've been doing in front of the computer, but it's every, every conversation's a bit different and always learn something new. So uh, from a selfish standpoint, I love it because I just steal ideas of everyone else. Um, I steal ideas off Carl every day, so it's good to hear uh, some new ideas that I can take off other people today. Um, but appreciate all the time and, uh, and everyone that's been helping out, it's been fantastic. But just reiterate what everyone else said. If, uh, if you need anything, want anything, I'm always, uh, I'm always happy to respond to things. Um, sometimes I can be a bit slow if they get stuck in the old message request pile um, but I do eventually get around to, to things um, so yeah reach out if you want um, I,
6: I'm, a, I'm a nice guy I like to think so <laughs> Any
0: questions fire away thank you so much guys I hope we can do this again one day um, and create this conversation again
2: yeah definitely thank you for listening of yeah, course big,
4: big thanks to the guys at Orphic and Alex for keeping us all on track
2: of course
4: even though we are an hour over but that's you all know cool. what
0: it, it was a very positive benefit in the end we talked about a lot of great things
4: talk about value for money
0: Yeah, free free webinar. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. That's what we're here to do. Thank you, guys.
2: Thanks, guys. Stay well. Cheers. See you.